Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark, across the table from me. Travis Vote. There he is. And then over here, Caddy Corner. Hi, it's me, Matt. Matt Lynch. And that's there you go. Thank you for tuning in. All right, good, good episode, guys. Yeah. Take it. See you later. We got, a we, short got a, one. we got a curfew. We got to get. Yeah, we were in curfew. <laughs> we got to get home. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, do we? We're, I'm at home. Two we're, of us are home. Two of us are home. Yeah, Matt, I have to get home. Matt's going to somehow have to make the, t- the t- uh, eight block uh, tour yeah. back to his place I've while, been, while been, under a hail of bullets. I have been pepper sprayed and shot with a beanbag round before, so. Matt no, has no you been shot by a beanbag round before? Yeah. Was it uh, by a cop or just no? It was or like, like I f- volunteered like, to be like struck jackass with jackass or something. Kind yeah, of thing? it was like jackass. Okay. I was like, yeah, dude. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll edit that out. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts really bad. And it editing like, this whole story. It leaves story like a big bruise on you, like a, bas- a basketball sized okay. bruise on you. I've, I mean, I've gone paintballing a before. Basketball sized bruise. I mean, the thing, the shock round is like this big. Oh shit! So it like spans out and it hits you, and it you know it leaves a big fat fucking bruise. It's not like all well, you know, it's like it bursts all the capillaries in like a basketball-sized yeah. region in and, your skin. And when was this that you did this dare last year? Oh my year? god, like twenty-five years ago. Yeah, twenty-five years ago. Who had a? Yeah, who now had there, a, it would be way. It's the, a long story. The bruising oh. would be way worse now for you. Yeah, probably when worse. you get older. Probably and now Matt, we're all, would, Matt would totally die. Would die it, it would crumple his rib cage. <laughs> Oh Just no! <laughs> I don't know why I laughed so much. At you don't that, want. But it you would. don't want to get. That, it's not as bad as like the pepper spray or the tear gas. That stuff's way worse. Oh wow! I'm sure, yeah. Imagine getting like all the moisture in your body like sucked at once out of your eyeballs. <laughs> I don't think I have to imagine that. I'm pretty sure I'll be tear gassed within yeah. the next week. I've seen the way things are going. I've seen Police Academy three, and there's a part where Zed comes out of the tear gas. He's high as drinking. Fuck. He's just spraying that in his <laughs> face. I think it's pretty safe. I think I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> that it does make you sound uh, like that. Everybody, let's check out our Patreon. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> In Police Look, Academy Academy. If you like me doing a Bobcat Goldthwait impression, that's pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. It's pretty good. We got to we have we and we have a solid pitch to the Police Academy. Whoever owns the rights to Police Academy, whenever the pandemic's over. So, do you want to hear a funny, a short sort of funny story about my killer dog? Absolutely. I was walking my killer dog this morning. Uh, it's like 7.30 in the morning. It's all gray and rainy out. We're walking down the street, come up to the street corner. And I'm generally a little nervous around her with street corners because, you know, she's aggressive with other dogs. So I always want to make sure, like, maybe somebody's coming. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're walking towards the corner, and uh, and I hear, like, this thunder. And I'm like, oh, man, it's going to start pouring rain again. Was it thundering but, today, too? Well, I'm getting there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, I, so I'm like, oh, man, it's going to start pouring rain again. You know, it's thunder. And then I realized, no, it's not thunder. It's the dog. She's growling. Oh, shit. And she's like slowed down and like point, like, you know, how dogs will point yeah, while yeah. they're walking. And she's like, she sees something. And I'm like, at this point, I'm real nervous because like I said, she's very aggressive with other dogs. I'm like, what does she see? Is it like just a squirrel or is there somebody coming that I didn't notice? And I realized, no, somebody has discarded a lamp, just a regular everyday lamp with like a bowl <laughs> You know, bottom base and like a big, you know, just uh, a bland, just vanilla a regular, ass exactly. Lamp. Yeah, on the street, bitches. it's just on the street corner, sitting there, and she is very upset about it. Yeah, like she's just like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and she's growling and growling, and like we get to the corner and we're turning the corner, and she's like huddling close to me, like avoiding it, like oh, like wow. as if it's got like a force field she doesn't want to touch. You know what I mean? She's gone around it. Yeah. I mean, and then I'm like, honey, it's okay. Like, let's go. And like, I let her get, I gave her a bunch of slack on the leash. And like, we went and she sniffed at it and figured out that it was like it's nothing. Yeah. I just thought it was really adorable that my killer dog who will murder anyone or anything that it sees. <laughs> the dog was, that fought off four veterinarians Yes, at the exactly. Same time. It was terrified of a lamp. <laughs> I've seen that before though. My old dog uh, that I used to have, he like would. Harvey? Do, 
Yeah, he would he would do that with like discarded stuff on the side of the road. Like if there was like an appliance or something. Yeah. Like you'd be walking and he'd go, and he'd like walk like give it a wide berth and like give it like the side (laughs) eye the whole time and and like it was like a like a like he was his hackles were up like he was gonna if this fucking thing tries something you're like that thing is that thing is a discarded refrigerator. Eighty percent chance nothing happens with that thing. (laughs) Very good chance. I guarantee that will not assault you. He also hated motorcycles and he would bark at them. But that but that's you know that that we all do. That's more it makes, like, noise, it makes yeah. noise and does stuff. Yeah, yeah that's like yeah, yeah like mine. Yeah. Mine hates yeah, the vacuum cleaner too. You know, like yeah. But the, when dis- I run the vacuum. But I've seen the discarded appliance thing, and it's weird. It's very weird. When I run yeah. the vacuum, she gets mad, but she like runs and hides. And then when I when I turn it off, she comes up and like kind of kind of like tries to gnaw on the wheels. Wow. Because she wants to make sure that it's dead. <laughs> Well, it just goes to prove my theory, uh, and I've advocated this in several scientific journals, that uh, <laughs> dogs are stupid. <laughs> dogs are idiots. <laughs> Think about it, Smithers. <laughs> if you did it, sir. If you did it, sir. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Anyway, so like the lighter side of, of riots in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah, not I mean, all riots and bloodshed and, yeah. and people, you know, people's of eyes being exploded. What? Which? What being exploded? People's eyes. People's eyes. Uh, poor, that poor oh, lady reporter's yeah, eyeball thought, got yeah. blown out. In case, because this will be coming out, uh, if you haven't been able to trace exactly when, because we don't know what kind of chaos will be happening after this, but this is, I think, the day after the big day of all the the riots, or maybe there's been two in a row. But there have been a, like this four is days in a row, but this is the one after the This is after the big like, sort of, yeah. it broke out in lots of different cities. It broke out in it. Seattle yesterday. Yeah. And I was hearing from all sorts of people that I don't usually hear from yeah. who don't live in Seattle who are like, are you are you currently in the middle of a riot right now? It's like, man, I'm in Ballard. No, not really. You know what? Yeah. It's not uh, everywhere. Nobody. I mean, my, my sister lives here, so but like nobody nobody like texted me. Nobody. I saw your sister on TV rioting. She <laughs> threw a garbage can through a pizza pizzeria. I'll bet that my mom texted my sister and was like, "Are oh, you guys okay? You're not in downtown or something." But she didn't fucking send me anything. <laughs> maybe mom, she's not. Maybe she's just not watching the news. My dad know. texted me. Just says, "Are you watching this chaos?" Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "It's pretty wild." And he just texts me back. He texts me back, and it just says, "Disturbing." <laughs> you should have. You should have replied like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. What What do you mean? <laughs> what are we talking idea. about? Which What do you Which Chaos. <laughs> what, what do you think is disturbing? It's like Jurassic Park. <laughs> I got a I got a text from my mom who's who is camping right now, and she was like, "This is pretty crazy." Is like, how is it in Seattle right now? I heard there was a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a crazy. That was nice. She was, she's not wrong. Got to open the windows. I was like that's not really why. What's getting national coverage right now? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. The hilarious. Molly pointed out on Twitter was the funniest thing yesterday. That it was like this. Uh, what was it? Get it, Seattle getting all this coverage right now is not dispelling the rumors that it always <laughs> rains here. Because and it's like that's true. Like Seattle's not in national news f- hardly ever. And then the one day when it is, and there's like it's riots and stuff, rain. it's fucking pouring. And it hasn't poured rain in like two weeks. No, it's been very like hot and muggy. It's and, been nice. Yeah. It's been sunny out. And then they're like, you know what? This is the day Seattle needs to be in the news. It's fucking raining. There's a spiritual dark cloud over our city. <laughs> <laughs> it been nice, yeah. Uh, it, it was that's like one of the interesting things about because like on your on the timeline because I was just be on Twitter for hours and hours like yesterday. Um, I'd, I'd watch one of these movies that we're covering today and then like pause it and like look on Twitter for ten minutes, and like not, not hardly any of them are like this is where this is happening. They would just be like these videos and pictures and mm-hmm. stuff, but you could usually kind of tell because if you're like oh palm trees that's L A. that's yeah. raining that's Seattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, d- so I guess it's good the weather worked out so we could just it's, easily... It's, it's miserable. That must be the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, people are saying, what's the matter <laughs> you? This is in New York. 
<laughs> hey. I'm walking here. They're all yelling. They're all chanting. <laughs> we're walking, we're walking here. Hey, hey oh. we're walking here. Get over here. Get come out here, of here. You come here a minute. <laughs> Forget about Forget it. Forget about it. <laughs> oh. Making light of a. That's a nice isn't pizza. That fun. I don't know. Yeah, we're making light of it. <laughs> we're tone deaf. Yeah, let's, let's let's read the room, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that I think. <laughs> hey, guys, we laugh to keep from crying. Okay. Yeah, that's the important thing. I don't think. More to the point. Yeah, I, I I'm fully in support of the protesting. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. yes. Obvious. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I guess I guess we. <laughs> I didn't, just didn't want to. I don't. We didn't think say that we were making. We were Kevin are very much on the side of the protesters. I believe uh, the th- the blue lives matter. You believe in order before justice. <laughs> I have this. I have the black and white, thin blue line flag behind me right now. It says, "Don't tread on me." It's shaved into the back of your head. That's right. Yeah, you know, I believe in the will of the strength of will and the yeah. will of strength. Wow. I read a whole thing this week. I learned that uh, that Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Here we go. go the on. movie is the source of why, like the super right-wing, like, open carry guys who are, like, protesting, you know, anything, who are, like, the very good people at Charlottesville. Right. Wear Hawaiian shirts. Because of Breaking 2? It's, like, a whole thing where, like, it started as a meme, uh, and it has to do with the boo- the boogaloo word. I wish I could remember the whole story, but it's, like... What? Yeah, so, like, boogaloo is what they use to refer to the coming civil war. And so, uh, and then the memification of the word boogaloo has taken on to like the, the it's extended to the word luau. So they wear Hawaiian shirts. Jesus, yeah, well, that sounds Fucking very hey. internet-y. It's yeah, Good it's like God. super four chan-y, right? But I was re- it was like this huge thread I read on oh. Twitter, and I was like, first of all, I didn't know that they were wearing Hawaiian shirts. I haven't been paying that kind of attention. Apparently not. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw a thing about that, and I was like, oh, there's a guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt. But I hadn't been right. paying a close enough attention to. I'm just glad it's not it's not because of Weird Al. But this is why this is why you have like kids in North Carolina with ma- like machine guns and balaclava ski masks and fucking body armor with a with a hula shirt underneath it. It's Man. because it's like a weird it's a weird meme that signifies that they're all about the uh, the coming civil war. Man, igloo igloos are another thing. So you'll see God people wearing t shirt t shirts with an igloo and the igloo bricks are. Or hoolish like luau color, like Hawaiian shirt what? patterns, and that's again, that's the thing. I hate everything because it all I comes know. from these bizarre connections that are, go on what the, the internet. Yeah, it's all four chan bullshit. They don't make weirdos. any. Eventually, just makes no fucking sense unless you're some sort of goddamn incel lunatic. Yeah. Jesus ah, Christ! The stupidest fucking stupidest stupid. end know, of a right? country ever. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Yeah, we had it. Coming. Brought down by our stupidest people. We had it coming. Oh my God. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, we deserve it. Can't <laughs> argue with that. Speaking of deserving it, <laughs> <laughs> I think things being the way they are, maybe uh, maybe is a good time good to do segue. Three. Well, actually, two movies that are quite good, as opposed to uh, maybe how we usually do it. One that I didn't think was great. I think I think it's two two movies that I fucking love right. that I think are just like fucking great. Well, this is a fun and then one, one, and, fun then one and then one that is um one that I enjoyed I think more than you guys, but also realize but also the whole time was going like, why is this happening? Yeah, is it? It's because they can do this cool shot and I'm like mm-hmm. okay, yeah, but yeah, but you know, so well, what's the uh, what's the name? We're going to call it. Are we calling it thirst traps or first, first traps? First, first traps. traps. Yeah. yeah, first traps. So it's like this is one I've been wanting three to do for debuts. A while. From filmmakers who have gone on to to bigger and, and greater things, not necessarily better. 
in some cases, in some cases, yes, but not always. And in um, some cases, arguably. Um, but we're gonna do we're gonna do. Uh, we'll get into that. Blood Simple from 1984, the debut film from the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Shallow Grave from 1994, the debut film uh, from Danny Boyle. Yep. And Bound from '96, the debut film of the Wachowskis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you tell from my mms how much I enjoy these uh, respective <laughs> movies? I mean, I think that Bound is an unmitigated masterpiece. Yeah. Honestly, so. I th- <laughs> Bound is the winner of these three. Yeah, and I, you and know, Blood Simple is obviously a classic. Sure, but, but Bound is Bound, and Shallow Grave fucking sucks. Well, well I think <laughs> I don't know about that. I think that I think that, uh, I think that, sh- I think that uh, Bound, I think Bound is the Wachowski's best movie. Absolutely, that's still correct. my favorite. That is one hundred percent still my favorite movie. And I just rewatched the Matrix trilogy, which I actually quite like. I, I sure. even the sequels. Uh, and, but like, uh, but Bound is, and they're they've done weird stuff that I like. Kind of think is okay. I know Matt's a big defender of Speed Racer, and we might actually end up doing that as a Patreon episode. Or oh, something. that would be good. 100%. I'd love to do that. Um, but uh, but like uh, but that's that's a movie that I've come around to, mm-hmm. but also still go watch and go not great, but like right. Bound, I've seen probably ten times, and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is a fucking, this is fucking this great. Is. And and Blood Simple is like the kind of thing where you watch it and go like, these guys came right out of the gate with this great movie, and they have made movies that are so much better than this right. that it's like hard that you you know. But that's I, that's still one of my it might be my one of my top five Coens. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I love it. Strong words. That's crazy it's and wrong, Kevin. Yeah, wrong. it goes. Oh, well, let me name them. That's the Lady Killers, Intolerable Cruelty, <laughs> right. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> oh, brother! Only, only the only the James favorite. Franco sequence only in Ballad of Buster James Scruggs. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, their their segment for uh, Je Temperi, right? And uh, I don't and know. Blood Simple is number five. Yeah. What else did they do? I mean. I don't. I to the best of my knowledge, that's name, all they did. I can't name another movie that the Coen Brothers directed. I think that was all of them. Crime Wave. My top five is Hail Caesar, Hail Caesar, <laughs> oh, Hail Caesar, baby. A Serious Man, and Hail Caesar. <laughs> I do love Serious Man. Is great. Serious Man. Is, I I just a couple of weeks two. ago I did a double feature of A Serious Man and uh, and uh, Lewin Davis, and it was like okay, fuck, that I was, do a, love that was a good decision. Of their two man movies, I th- which one's better, Serious Man or Man Who Wasn't There? I prefer a serious man, but I I feel like the argument is mostly that the man wasn't there is like not only under underappreciated, but one of their top masterpieces. I don't I, I don't agree. I do not agree. I, that is uh, definitely at the very bottom for me. I don't know you if it's my so? least favorite, but it's uh, definitely one of my. It's grown favorites. on me. Yeah. I watched it the first like time it. and was like, I didn't like that very much, but I can appreciated this and that about it. And then I watched it the second time last year because I you know obviously the first time I was like underwhelmed and so I kind of resisted seeing it again. And then I was like, it's been a while. I'll put this thing in as I liked it even less. Oh wow! Second time. <laughs> so I would you say that that like is it. the one that you that okay? So everybody's got a Coen Brothers movie that is considered great that they don't like. No, I got I got a big one. Oh, what's that one? Raising, I know it's raising right, yeah. Arizona. Oh man, because Molly's the same way. She thinks yeah. it sucks too, and I don't get that. I wouldn't say that it sucks. I, mean, I, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it that you, far. I just find it very abrasive and yeah. annoying. Oh man, I think that's one of the funniest movies ever. I, made. I, I, that, no, that is a beloved classic. That, that is honestly one of my most controversial. I'll opinions. give you this. I think that the last half hour, when it turns into the chase with the with the outlaw biker <sighs> guy, that's where it loses me. But so the tedious. first hour of it is so, so well. The, funny. the opening of that movie, it's perfect. Is yeah. like a perfect little short film on its own before the t- title screen. Yeah, and that's the, probably the best part of the movie. Sure. That's like the uh, I discovered the Coens through Fargo, and I saw this movie Blood Simple the same day that I first saw Fargo because I watched that 
and then we saw that was Fargo in the theater, and we were like, man, this was this was fucking amazing. And uh, this has been like you know January, February, nineteen ninety six or whatever. And then so we were like, so we we're like, we got to find out who, what these guys directed. So I went to my trusty Cinemania ninety five. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, CD ROM. I'm like the Coen Brothers. Oh, they, their first movie is movie Blood Simple. So we looked at him, and then like, and I'm like, I've never heard of these guys before. What I know about is Texas, down here. You're on your own. Hello. Having a good time? Hey, what's it? Your husband. I got a job for you. It's not strictly legal. You want me to kill him? Ray, let's get out of here. <laughs> Of course, I'd seen Raising Arizona fifty times, yeah. but like at the time I saw it, I was a kid and right. I didn't know. I just was like a comedy. My parents rented a bunch for us, then I watched. So I'd seen that movie a lot. And I'm like, oh, they fucking did their next movie was Raising Arizona. Weird, but we watched. Yeah. But I watched Blood Simple the same day as Fargo, and it's weird just because their movies—they're always sort of like borrowing from all of their movies. And there's yeah. like just all the highway shit in both this and Fargo. I don't know, and, the, and all the uh, obvious parallels with uh, No Country for Old Men. Well, the, op- the opening is the exact same in in, yep. in No Country and and this one. Plus, like the guy, uh, the Emma Walsh character is like uh, driving a bug, mm-hmm. and he's a private eye. And then the guy in you know Big Lebowski who's following the fellow Seamus or whatever, he's driving a bug. It's just right. always there's always these like little. It's like and it's weird too just to watch their first movie movie and go like oh all this stuff oh this is like this in their later movie oh yeah. this and that and i don't know that they're like they're sampling or if it's just that their brains are like oh we like these kind of stories and we're this is what we're telling what's i mean the, what's the one that you don't like oh, one of their movies that's what's considered, the beloved one that you hate oh i don't know or hate maybe that's a strong word right. uh i know you're not a big oh brother where art thou fan oh brother where art thou I, I adore. Oh, brother where art thou is towards the bottom for me wow yeah i love yeah. that one that would be that would be my raising arizona top for five travis. for me that that's one that i don't yeah, i think that might that's be top again five like it's again like travis said where i don't think it's it's like i just i, just I actually find it annoying yeah I actually find it irritating. I think it's like those guys, the way those guys are talking, it's cl- it's kind of funny to me and then kind of like, fuck off. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about it that bugs me and the soundtrack is obviously like great and there's funny parts, but I'm just like, when it's like, we thought y'all was a toad, I'm just like, I don't know. I hate <laughs> you. Kind of. loved him off a tournament. I mean, I didn't like, <laughs> you know. Of course it is. Look yeah. at him. Yeah. Anyway, my favorite I, uh, is my favorite. My favorite is Fargo, but that's just one of right. my favorite movies of all time. And every time I watch that movie, it Man, gets, it I haven't, gets more. I haven't it gets met more the perfect. person that was whose movie whose Coen impervious that they didn't to like Fargo. Was, was Fargo. Who's that what? would be that would be wild. No Coen Brothers person hates the hates Fargo. Like oh, they everybody should, yeah. has one that's weird or they don't get into or whatever. But nobody thinks Fargo yeah, is yeah, bad. Yeah. That, would, um, that mine, would be bananas. The one that I don't that I basically can't stand is Barton Fink. Oh, okay. That's yeah. fair. I, I, I do again, really like that. They, mean, lo- they won the um, fucking Palm Door for that I'm movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, do you mean Barton Fink? Barton Fink. Barton. <laughs> We're going to go see an R-rated movie. Yeah, um. I, I, it's the same way as you guys say about those other two. Like, it's not that you think that it's bad. It's just grating. Like, I find it really annoying. Yeah, that one never. That one's never landed with me. And that and the Hudsucker Proxy both. I do love the Hudsucker. Hudsucker Proxy, proxy yeah. and I don't like either. And there's some. There, there's stuff about. I think it's Jennifer Jason Lee and also Tim Robbins. And there's just something about Tim it. Tim Robbins where I'm like, is a problem. I'm like, eh, yeah, I think that that no. movie is is that that has a strong claim for like a top three for me. And it's weird because yeah. I can't stand Tim Robbins, but it overpowers Tim Robbins. Like, I think the movie is that good yeah jennifer jason lee really irritates me in that movie 
He has this whole speech whole in that thing. movie where he talks about how, like, if they were two deer and they met in the woods, it's the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I love that movie so much. And Sam Raimi shot a lot of it, too. So What's a, It's what, also the first chi- I think their first chance that they had with a real big They budget. had a lot of money for that, yeah. And you can tell that, that they were really spreading it. That was after Fargo. It. Yeah. What's one? What, before no, Hudsucker's right before Fargo. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was after. No, it's is before, because they, they had a huge budget and, it, like, it was a huge bomb, and so they kind of Oh, that's went, right. They got the big budgets went, yeah. after Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink. And then, and then, they, and then yeah. they, but they kind of became... After Fargo, and then they kind of got to do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Um, except for that, and then there was that weird period where they made two like real Hollywood things yeah, that nobody uh, talks about. Nobody <laughs> seems to like. <laughs> but what, what's one that like? Okay, before we get into now, then we get into the movie, I guess. But fortunately, there's not much story to Blood Simple, so no. we can we can kind of spread out here. And, a bit and if also, we want. probably if you're listening to this, you have seen Blood Simple. Hopefully, so. yeah. But if you uh, haven't, watch it right now. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking great. But uh, w- uh, what's one that like is kind of that is considered like. To other people, like shitty, but you're like, no, I actually like that one a lot because my movie oh. Burn After Reading. Well, Burn I, who, who thinks Burn After Reading's bad? Lots of people. People say Burn After Reading it's, sucks. I see a, a lot of people's like my least favorite. Yeah, yeah. That's Dylan idiotic. Brothers, that movie is, is hilarious. That's what I'm saying. It's a weird but, choice, and I don't think it's even one of their necessarily their best. But that movie, every time I watch that movie, it's hilarious. It's really funny. Yeah, it's really fucking funny. I think it's one That's of their. A, I think it's maybe one of their funnier movies. At least one of their funnier later great, movies. Yeah, I love it. It's all mm. good. Jeez, I don't know because I don't. I don't know. Which, I don't know. I mean, which I don't ones know. are the ones that are that people are down on? I don't know. I just I was this just this is a, this is a real after disingenuous reading. choice because <laughs> most people that I think are smart think this movie's great, but a lot of people who are kind of maybe tertiary Coen mm-hmm. Brothers fans really don't like a serious man. I think a serious yeah, man is it's like maybe my favorite bummer. of theirs. Uh, it was I think one I think, of their absolute best. I think, and serious I've seen man it is about yeah. twelve to fifteen times now, and it just gets yeah. funnier and and more yeah. enjoyable was every serious, time. Was that the one they did after? That was the one that followed up No Country for Old Men, I think. Uh, I think I so, thought Burn yeah. After Reading was after No Country and then A Serious Man. Uh, I, I don't remember. remember. I can't remember yeah. which one they did. But Those yes, are pretty close together. Serious Man doesn't pop up a lot. And I, I feel like, love A Serious no, Man. No, I think that one, that one gets better every viewing. Yeah. But it's got just, the Jolly just, Roger stuff. That's, that's the one that kind of like the, the dumbasses who were maybe like, I like The Big Lebowski and Fargo and No Country for Old Men. Then I watched The Serious Man. What a fucking bummer. And you're like, all right. Dude, that, yes. shit, that shit with Amy Landecker is so funny in that movie. She's like, "Do you partake of the new freedoms?" And <laughs> just that woman. Uh, that is because the Coen brothers, among their many, many, many talents, are, are possibly I don't know best. They're so good at so many things, but casting. Yeah. yeah. This, the, this Cy woman, the way that the, the, the oh yeah, these, these are characters that you just look at them and you're like, yeah, yeah. Because that that woman just sitting there with a the cigarette, looking the, with the makeup that she's got in the co- and just like looking the way that yeah. she looks is fucking hysterical to me. Cyberman's brilliant in that movie. The he's, well, he's the become Jolly kind Roger of a, is kind of a Twitter habitable as like. Well, yeah. sp- well, speaking of which, uh, speaking of casting, then let's jump into the movie because yeah. the best thing about this movie is. All is is maybe is, there's maybe their casting of M.M. at Walsh. Absolutely, sure. um, because, yeah, the, and, and it's their first movie, and these are guys who've who, in their throughout their career. You could there's like iconic iconic characters in all of their movies, mm-hmm. and it, for right out of the gate, they create one of their one of the one of the best like most iconic like yeah. scumbag characters ever on film, and he's. And it's it's part it's just part, mostly because their writing is fucking solid. And then you get M. M. Walsh to do it, and he goes like, oh, "Yeah, I know how I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm gonna do." And they just go, "Okay, 
And, and apparently, M. Emmett Walsh uh, is famously a mensch, and uh, yeah. yeah, like through, was like the Coens because it was their first movie. We're having all, you know, the problems that you would have making a movie for the first time. And Emmett Walsh was apparently just ins- insanely helpful and supportive of him the, in like an entire way. Like he's a huge reason that the movie got made huh. and it ended up the way it is. Like, I'll help you out, boy. Anything you need. You got think you guys got the right idea. <laughs> well, it depends. Uh, it depends on the price and, uh, and the legality. <laughs> well, it ain't, it's not strictly legal. Well... Depends you know, on more the, the price, price is right. Well, well, the price is right and it's legal. Well, movie, it's not particularly legal. Well, the price is right. The price is right. <laughs> He's One like got things, that yellow suit on. Yeah. It's so fucking One of the things right. that right I've away. always loved about this movie is that like the bat he's a, he's the villain of the movie and he does the voiceover at the beginning of yeah, it. Yeah, he's narrating and it. And you get all these like it's almost exactly the same as No Country for Old Men where you get all these static grim shots of like foreboding Texas. Spare foreboding Texas and then a Weird voiceover over the top, kind of a vague voiceover about over Texas. The top about Texas, and this is what this is the this is amazing. This, there's not a whole lot of writing in this movie. Most of this movie, as a, as the Coen Brothers like early showcases of their of their filmmaking abilities, the writing is MVP Bar- Barry Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld, uh, yeah, before they got on board with Freaky Deacons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but this is the this is the voiceover. Yeah, man, well, the world is full of complaining. But the fact is, nothing comes with a guarantee. I don't care if you're the Pope of Rome, President of the United States, or Man of the Year. <laughs> Something can all go wrong. Go ahead, you know, complain, tell your problems to your neighbors, ask for help, and watch them fly. <laughs> now, in Russia, they got it mapped out, so everyone polls for everybody else. That's the theory, anyway. But what I know about is Texas. And down here, you're <laughs> on your own. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and I would also like to point, f- fucking awesome, but I would also like to point out that I, I watched Kevin's uh, blue Criterion Blu-ray of this. No fucking uh, uh, subtitle track. Are oh, there really? subtitles? I was not able to find them one, oh, one way I or watched, another. We, wa- we watched it with subtitles because I was just, watching with Sophie. With the, cri- and she's with the like, Criterions, you just got to turn it on with the button. You can't go to yeah. the menu and turn them on. Oh, God. Well, I yeah, couldn't figure it out on my PS4. No. And this is a movie that you fucking... <laughs> This this is a movie that has mumbly ass M. Emmett Walsh, yeah, yeah. mumbly ass Dan, uh, Dan, Dan Hedaya mumbling at each other like borderline coherent John Getz. I love it. Like what's going on? Well, I said in our the Meg Ryan episode that I cause this is another like I love just love that Texas milieu, mm-hmm. and this is like totally that. It's just a bunch of mumbly sweaty guys like it's hot everywhere <laughs> all the time. Uh, <laughs> you, you're just like eh, it's kind of you're just like it's, it smells bad everywhere in Ugh. this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I, I he's like great. I like to compare this to Burn After Reading because it's got the same kind of trajectory where, like, none of the characters know what the other characters are doing. And yep. that's what... It's not that they're all trying to do something to the other one. It, what sends them on the collision course is that they are all clueless. Yeah, well, it's like a, part, it's like a lot of And part of, of that movies, is yeah. one of the things I like least about this movie uh, is, the, is the sort of ongoing thing about the, the the dude and Francis McDormand's like miscommunications. Yeah. That's that's annoying to me in movies and that's like a I large think that's chunk like, of this. That's like very noirish like I, coincidence. Yeah. I mean I like yeah. it I like it in this cuz this is them doing like uh like you know doing a spare you know transcending the the noir trappings and going like we're going to do like the ultimate noir. I mean and it it makes sense because uh you know before this Joel Cohen 
the only thing he'd worked on was like Evil Dead, mm-hmm. and so and which is kind of like the Sam Raimi doing the same thing, going like, what about if it's a horror movie, but it's just the ultimate horror movie, yeah, and just like, well, what's it, what's the monsters of? It's the Evil Dead. It's a thing that <laughs> is fucks up everything. It's a bunch of monsters, and, and then also they use like the two by four like steady cam, yeah, the trick, oh, man. total Sam from, Raimi, which is straight, which is there, straight yeah. from like Evil Dead and stuff, and yeah, yeah, and those guys were all friends and they were all roommates all together at some point yeah. too. The way the Coens made this movie is the most impressive thing. Did you watch that on the? disc no. they have the two minute the trailer the pitch trailer you've seen that uh-huh. what they because the coens hadn't made a movie but they put together they put together like a sizzle reel of just shots and one of them is like the shot the guy shooting the wall and then punching through it and stuff oh, and, fuck and yeah. like it's all these sh- random shots of like this is this isn't from the movie but this is what the movie would look like and it's so it's just like a hyper stylized noir and that's yeah. how they that's how they sold the movie that's how they got like well, the money for the movie was just that way. They hadn't made a movie. Joel Cohen had worked on Evil Dead and yeah. like in some stuff, but otherwise they were like not people who like you would think had done anything. They and then they, they come out of the gate out of with fucking nowhere. And they come out of the gate with this movie, which like is not perfect, but is like the kind of thing you watch it and go like, well, that's a fu- yeah. These guys, there's a fully formed fucking vision. Yeah, like from these guys right at, right out of the gate. They knew exactly what they were doing. I don't think yeah. this movie is perfect. And there's parts of it that I find boring. I mean, this and this is it's they're doing a very good job stretching a kind of like t- very tiny, tiny story into a that's what I like movie. about it. Um, but there is definitely chunks of it where I'm kind of like, <sighs> you talk about coming out of the gate with a fully formed movie. It's it's more than like coming out of the gate with a fully formed like aesthetic and, yes. and that, like I guess yeah that too artistic like, point of view. Like I was I, like these are the Co- like we are the Coen brothers and they, right. and they do and they do it in the way the Coen brothers do where they're just like they they don't come out of the gate kicking it down like you know it's not like Reservoir Dogs where Tarantino kicked down the fucking gates and was like right. I'm here and I'm gonna be irritating to everybody forever ah right, right, like right. screaming at everybody like they kick down the gates going like oh we know. Exactly like what we're doing and we're going to kind of just be hanging out in the corner here for like uh, several years doing masterpieces. Bound- and, you know, they're like very, very like, they're just very like, I don't know if modest is even the right word, just sort of like antisocial. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We, we'll talk about with Bound later, but again, like yeah, yeah. here's here you have some born filmmakers who are mm-hmm. making their first statement and it seems like it's all of a piece with every great thing they would ever do later. Yeah. You yes. know, I watched The Terminator again, the first one last night. Right. And Cameron's the same way. It's like, oh, it's fucking Citizen Kane. It's Orson Welles. Here comes, the, I mean, I'm not saying that those two movies are comparable. It's more just like, here's somebody who was a born filmmaker right away. Here's a big artistic statement. And all of the stuff that I'm going to do for the rest of my com- career is going to be traceable back to this, these ideas, these well, yeah. core ideas and aesthetic ideas. When that's like, like in, like in Blood Simple, like the, you know, the, conf- the people not knowing what the plot or whatever that's like something that pops up in in coen brothers movies all the time throughout i mean even like in my favorite in fargo Mm -hmm. you know it's sort of like jerry's not letting his father-in-law know what the plan is because the plan is that he's supposed to get this money and then you know and then ends up getting more it's like that kind of you know miscommunication ends up getting more people killed which is a classic noir trope but i think that they've they like took it and made it more spare and funnier and in this movie's not particularly funny except for mma walsh yes they get they get better at all this. They get better, like they they have yeah. all the raw abilities, and they know how to do, how to get their shots, and uh, they mm-hmm. all the all this like classic Coen Brothers stuff. It looks fucking amazing when it, when they're doing stuff that they're interested in. But th- this is the one where you can definitely see the parts that they were interested in doing, and then the parts where they're kind of like, let's get through this part here, so we can get to the part that we're interested in. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. I about feel it. like, and I, I and I, I feel like they got they better at writing. Better. I don't too. think I don't think that's true. I feel like their movies are all marked by digressions that one way or another get misinterpreted as like not being a part of the narrative. Oh, I mean, it's not the not being a part of the narrative. It's just that I find certain parts of it to be slack. 
Like, uh, like I think that there's parts where they're like, now we need this to happen so we can get to this part. Yeah. And uh, and then and other mo- and future movies that they would make, they would just go like, well, we can also make the part where you get to the next part interesting. I think that I don't think that there's. I've kind of. I see what you're saying, but I think I don't think there's a wasted frame in here because even the even the shots where she's like waking, st- sitting up in bed, and she sits up and is talking and talking and talking in that whole scene. And then like sits up again, and then you know the car is out there and stuff. I don't know. I, th- I feel like they're they're like pulling some tricks. Or, like the in scenes every in the scene, bar, like Dan Day is hitting on you know. <laughs> there's there's a lot. They've always they've always been very digressive like that. They've always like saying, "Well, we're going to take a little detour for a second, just for just for color, for personality." You know. No, digressions are great if they're like interesting. I, I th- to me, it's always been this chunk like right after the scene. And what's the main actor's... John Getz. That, John Getz. In my opinion, that guy's the problem with this movie. He yeah. sucks. I don't think any anybody's particularly good in this except for Dan Hedaya and Emma Oh, Emmett man, Walsh. Frances McDormand's really good in this. Eh, she's fine. I think she's okay. <laughs> oh, I, think I it was, really like it her It was her, her first this. movie, too. She'd I, get better. What I, one of the things I like about this is I kind of love, like, first movies, and I kind of like them because, like, I kind of come back to them and they end up on my favorites of those directors because it's like... Because, like, I've seen several of their movies later and then I go back and go, like, oh, this isn't quite there. It's kind of raw and this doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. And, like, Francis McDormand will become a better actor than she is here and she yeah. admits as much on this interview on the Criterion thing she's like I didn't really know what I was doing and I think she's the really brothers good didn't know. yeah I mean she doesn't say she's bad but I think she's good but I think it, she's like you know uh, coming straight out of like acting school and yeah. is kind of like there's a scene in it where uh, John, character where John like, Getz is, is it, it next by his car, and he's yeah. talking to the other bartender at the yeah, bar, yeah. and you're like, wow, you never see anything like this in a Coen's Brothers, like two <laughs> bad actors, <laughs> bad acting at each other. You're like, wow. Because there's lots of stuff in this movie where you're like, Coen Brothers, wow. And then this yeah. scene, you're like, what the fuck? I think. I mean, uh, I understand why. This is a, their first time, and yeah. you know. I think no, they, didn't no, have yeah. the, they didn't have the pick well, of the like, I'm much, I'm much more forgiving too sure. of like a first time movie, which is well, you know why it's why, why I thought these ones would be interesting because it's kind of like there's not a lot to forgive. Yeah, like there's not you don't go like boy look at this shit you know right right you kind of go like oh they'll get better at this but you know you could say the same about Tarantino oh for you sure you watch Reservoir Dogs and I love that movie still sure but you watch that Tim now Roth and go is, like oh, Tim Roth is terrible in that Tim movie. Roth is kind of bad <laughs> in that terrible. movie terrible yeah, but like but like you know. I still love Tim Roth in sure. the movie. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's <laughs> probably my least favorite Tarantino movie, but I adore it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's a whole other conversation. Well, just yeah, for just the same reason that I that I kind of like, you know, I understand why that. I mean, that's a it's one of the worst scenes you'll ever see in a Coen Brothers movie, just because you don't usually see two unprofessional actors in a Coen Brothers movie. But you also so that happened. But also, like, how about the scenes? This right. is their first time, and then they're making doing some shit that you've never seen before that looks fucking incredible. Right, yeah. like the newspaper thing. Or, yeah. Oh my god! Or you know the shit where um, I mean, uh, or just the, the signature, you know, set pieces yeah. where you're like, I can't. If you told me this was like a low budget movie made by first timers, you'd be like, you're out of your mind. That scene on the highway. Yeah. With, oh my god! Day, he goes in the fully. He, he runs division. out of there, and then he comes back, and he's out of the car, and he's in front of the car, and the semi is coming, and he's got to put him back in the car. Like that's just like this amazing wordless thriller scene. Yeah, it's so fucking good, and that's why it's kind of like weird. I mean, because the ones we talk about on here often are like ones where you go like uh, some studio spent a shit ton of money and it just fucking comes out with like a movie that maybe isn't the worst movie ever, but fucking sucks. You can really you know? sit down and watch. Right. Well, you know, like <laughs> Night Moves or something, where you're like, who cares? Yeah. Like, there's no reason to care about Night Moves. But you watch like this, and this is a low budget movie. These guys kind of had to like you know scrap together these independent film. And it's fucking it blows all that shit out of the water, yeah. and it's just because the two because the two guys in charge were like, "Well, we know what we're doing. We we know maybe we don't know what we're doing entirely, but we'll figure it out, and we know exactly what we want. Yeah, yeah. We know we we know exactly what we want this movie to be, 
And so you've got like this focus as opposed to, uh, it's like a thriller. It's like sort of like Seven, you know, it's like this movie. They're right. like, it's going to be like film noir and it's going to be fucking <laughs> the most film noir. Yeah. <laughs> but in Texas. <laughs> and well, they got shots in this where you're like, how? <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's a shot in it uh, and I, I can't remember exactly when it happened. So I just have the shot in my head. I think it's Dan Hedaya is sitting at his desk and I think he's been killed he's at this dead, point. Yeah. And then the camera like is uh, up at the ceiling and then it like, goes over th- under oh, like where yeah. the where the mm-hmm. ceiling fan is between him but you bef- while the shot is going that way you can see that there is a ceiling and yeah. it is like in a yeah. i think it's on location they didn't like build this set so how did they get that camera there yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's f- fucking cr- i mean it, there's a shot in bound that is similar but i have a feeling that they had more the, resources the, they the did 360? have the, the sex scene yeah they pulled the, they must have pulled the walls they're pulling out. the walls out yeah. sequentially yeah. Yeah. so that they can do all that but, but i mean that movie, sure they didn't do that that here. movie also was like low budget I yeah mean, it was, that like was like eight million bucks million dollar movie yeah um, Bound, in, in my opinion, even more impressive. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. I think I think that that's a, but I but I do love this movie. I don't know. I love every the, the weird. I don't know. I just love the weirdness of it and like the Texas the Texas setting and mm-hmm. just just weird shit like like when Hedaya goes to see M.M. Walsh the second time and it's at like makeout. Yeah, point. yeah, or it's, yeah. Like, wait, it's like this this like <laughs> point where all the kids are he- drinking beer and shit and they he's got his finger broken and one of the kids is like what happened to your pussy finger yeah. <laughs> and they all make they're all it's just like these shots of these like people these like 20 year olds like pointing and laughing at Dan Hedaya and then and, and then Walsh is he's like, like flirting with the girl on some teenage girl or something <laughs> yeah. she like, thought I had some marijuana <laughs> crazy? She, she saw me rolling a cigarette thought <laughs> it was marijuana <laughs> <laughs> step into my office <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about doing murder. And he turns he turns he has this thing this like like hula lady yeah. hanging from his rearview mirror and he turns it on uh, and her boobs like up. He goes, "Hey, that's something." Ain't that something? <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking. And it's funny because it's like totally one. Ain't of, that something? You gotta admit that's pretty impressive. It's like one of those movies too where he doesn't ever meet. He like spies on the. He's taking pictures of the. Yeah. If you don't know the plot to Blood Simple, like Emma Walsh, we can, is, we can do it. In is two hired sentences. by Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya hires this sleazy private detective to take pictures of his wife and yeah. her lover, right? So that he can, you know, basically get the drop on him. And then he decides that he wants uh, he wants the detective to kill them, mm-hmm. which he attempts to do. And then, well, he like I think he decides. No, he decides. He, decides that he has a different plan. He, he doesn't want to because he's like, I'm gonna. He says he's gonna do it, and then he's like, I'm just gonna take your money and yeah. fuck off. Yeah. He kills. He kills Dan Hedaya, and then frames <laughs> France Franny McDormand for the murder. So it's like a closed right. loop. Well, and, but and then the lover finds Dan Hedaya's body and assumes that Francis McDormand did it. Well, because he sees her gun. Yeah. This yeah. very specific he pearl handered gun. She is being framed. And yeah. He's yeah, and uh, but also like he left his. Uh, he, you he know, left his, he left lighter, his there. lighter there, which is a thing that comes up later. Everybody's an idiot, kind of. Yeah, even the guy, and he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's and he's also. Oh fucking man, idiot. I left my fucking lighter. Yeah. God damn it! I mean, he's the cleverest one because he like has a plan. Everybody yeah. else is sort of just like a, a dummy. Yeah, and Frances McDormand, <laughs> at least you could. She's like naive or innocent or whatever. She's you know her character is supposed to be like. I don't know what is going on, yeah. and she like actually knows the least of what's going on. That's throughout what the I movie. like about her and this character because, like, you know, she's not a femme fatale. It's not a. No. It's not a noir trick. And also, there's a getting her to do this. Maybe it was her first role, but there's a there would be a tendency to play that as more seductive a character, and she doesn't do that at all. 
Right, and I think that's she's part- only a femme fatale on paper because Dan Hedaya <laughs> is kind of like when he confronts John Getch, he's like, "You think uh, she's in love with you? Well, guess what? She's gonna fuck around on you and look up at you with those doe eyes. Be like, oh. that's a terrible Dan Hedaya impression.' But that, but that but line is, but that line is great because she goes, "You're gonna look at you and say." I don't know what you're talking I don't know about. What you're talking about Carl. And then, like, and then when she does say it later, this guy, that guy, you know, and it is that kind of thing where you have to like suspend your disbelief a little because you're like, well, could, you know, if they said it's that kind of scene, those scenes where they like, if they just said words a little differently, or <laughs> just like talk, just have a or conversation, you at, fucking idiots. At the same time, uh, I guess I, I guess I already know what you're feeling, Francis McDormand. So I'm gonna walk out of here. <laughs> and just like what? At the same just time. Tell me. It's like I love, you know, I love what they're doing, and I love it in this case. That's the type of thing I might hate in a different movie, but in this movie, I'm like, I kind of like it because it's surrounded by such fucking style and mm-hmm. like, you know. But so it many- is the kind of lazy like screenwriting that they would never do again after this, where it's like I don't think it's so lazy. much of the plot hinges on him no, no, not not saying what he could just not them not talking to each other. I don't think it's lazy. I think that's the whole point. Is sort of like these people. Nobody knows anything, and nobody is doing. It's very similar. I hadn't thought of the burn after reading connection, but it is the same thing where everybody yeah. is like doing their own thing, and everybody's kind of dumb and right. an asshole, and like then a bunch of people get killed, right? Because well, nobody Walsh because is- nobody knows what anybody else is talking about and and also nobody else ever tries to figure out what any like nobody cares <laughs> it's like more it's like more prominent in burnout reading because the whole milieu that they're in is like about people who who deliberately can't and don't communicate with each other right. but like the same thing where like mm at walsh is the most devious one so he projects the most devious intentions on all the other characters. It's just like spying on George Clooney in Burn After Reading, where it's like, what yeah. the fuck is he doing coming in and out of that place all the time? He's building a fuck machine for himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know What's what I mean? What's he building in there? <laughs> it's building a thing to fuck himself in the butt. Boy, that was... Good that for was, him. That reveal was fun in the theater, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh... But I mean, yeah, I mean, but this movie's full of like just every. I mean, all the set pieces. We talked about the highway scene, mm-hmm. you know, and then 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 him burying Hidea, who, uh, who clean, has the, the gun. Cleanup scene is yeah. probably the signature the, moment of the movie. He's got the gun when he's burying him, and he's got like the broken finger, so he's holding the trigger with his middle finger, yeah. and like John gets like he goes, it goes like click, he clicks through, like, and then John gets like slowly, slowly gets the gun, f- and it's like. So fucking, so yeah. fucking cool. That whole scene, that whole scene from start to finish, where John gets shows up, finds the body, yeah. has to do this weird, this disgusting cleanup scene, and yeah. it's all like and headlight he- lit too. Oh yeah, and and just in in it's just perfectly. Dan Hedaya is somehow not dead. Yeah, yeah. it's that, that's very Coen Brothers to me. It's very that's, Dan Hedaya is a, is. The th- it's a fucking golden god in this movie. Yeah. He cannot be killed. But that's but that's like the <laughs> it's amazing. That's like the, I mean that's the joke too. That's you're supposed to laugh when he's still alive. Yeah. I think I don't think you're supposed to be like. I mean, you could to the point you could, where you could be a, a pedantic about it and be like, "Hey, couldn't possibly how would he?" But it's the joke is that that's like from noir or from like Jim Thompson yeah. novels and or whatever. Honestly, it's from like what they're pulling. People from. can live through that. Shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like. Fan, it's not like sci-fi fantasy or anything. Well, like I think it's just supposed no. to be a good shock, make you laugh. You know, but, yeah. and it also and, 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 no, and when it comes yeah. back, when it comes back, you've seen him buried alive at this point. Yeah. And when he appears in, in a Francis McDormand's dream, yeah, yeah. you're kind of like maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, this guy's pretty. This guy's. He seemed actually kind of ill and infirm. He's always barfing and stuff, but apparently he's, <laughs> he's just made of steel. I also love that part where he he like comes into the house and grabs her, and then that like uh, the Carter Burwell also his first movie. They yeah. he like they pulled him from like the New York avant garde music scene, and he's like, I've never done a, a movie score before, and great, then, great and then like. Music. And then he's done all their movies. Yeah. I, I think maybe with the exception of one, but he's done, he's done mo- a lot of them. He's yeah. done almost all of their movies, and he's fucking you know. 
It's, yeah. it's Trent like Reznor one of those... did the Lady Killers, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> and Atticus. I haven't seen that one, so yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, the music's fucking great. But, the, but uh, Dan and, Hedaya grabs her and then it has this like, hoo, hoo, hoo. it's got this like jungle theme kind yeah. of thing. And then like yeah. that's when it has, we have the the like the evil dead shot and she like breaks his finger. And as he's about to hit her and she like kicks him in the nuts. And then there's this <laughs> the most disgusting sound effect. He was like, <laughs> kicks him in the nuts <laughs> like so he, hard he pukes. He, he, barfs, he yeah. doesn't puke, but, but before he goes and pukes, he like, he like leans over and it's like this shot from below. And he like leaning over into the camera, he's going like, this is like I can't even do it just it's just most disgusting that's sound. Dan Adea's mating call <laughs> it might be he's presenting yeah uh, there's also and then there's a hilarious scene right after that where he's like I'm out of here Carla yeah. and then he hops into his car and drives away and then John Getz is like he's gonna Carla. be real pissed when he finds the uh, the, the dead end the dead end and he's gotta go driving all the way back <laughs> It's amazing. It's funny too because this is a very. Uh, uh, it's not like I mean the Coen Brothers would come out of the gate. The next their next movie they come out with would be Raising Arizona, which is just like a ridiculous Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. But this one has funny parts. But you wouldn't peg these guys as like comedy filmmakers, right? right? But there are jokes like that where it's like he's going to be real pissed when he hits that dead end and then he drives by again. And you're like, that's so funny. That's a that's hilarious. A, that's something gag. that would happen in Raising Arizona. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. Like the 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 other couple leaves, he's like because he won't wife swap with him, and he's like he's gonna be real mad when he finds out about that cul-de-sac. And he, then the guy would be like, yeah, no, 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 no. hit the dick, boy. <laughs> Throws rocks at his little kid. Um, I love that shit. With the little kid writes fart on the on the wall, and the f is backwards or whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Shit's great. Uh, but uh, yeah, but all the set pieces are great, and then the the final set piece is like mm-hmm. just fucking sniper scene masterpiece where oh he's because M.M. Walsh is like gonna shoot them from across her the way, and she doesn't. Now she thinks that he's killed yeah. Dan Hedaya because she goes back to the office and she's the one who's like kind of the knows the least but is also like seems the most with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's not ever really holding anything from anybody. Everybody just thinks she is. Yeah. Everybody's like she knows more than she's letting on and she like knows way less than anybody. Well, I mean, like the two the confused. two men and the two men that are revolving around her, not Emma Walsh, but her husband and her lover. Neither of them trust her very much at all. But we, right? She, they they haven't been given any reason to not trust her. It's just that they're shitty. Well, the her, I mean, her husband doesn't trust her, and she is cheating on him. So, right, but that's, other than that, like she, he, he's like there. She, he's suspicious of her for so many other things. And also, this is the, the this. If you listen to the dialogue in the car at the beginning, this is the start of this affair. Yeah, like she's yeah. like he's like I like you, and she's like, do you mean that? Let's go to the hotel. So this isn't like they yeah. were having an affair. He's having her followed f- because he thinks she's having an affair, and then she does start an affair. Right, exactly. <laughs> right then, right then. But she's she's like I'm gonna leave. She wants to like get out of there. Yeah, move to Houston or something. Yeah. So she and already can, wants to and leave her and husband. And uh, just to why uh, why Dan Hedaya is such a good casting, you never wonder once why she wants to leave her <laughs> husband. <laughs> you just say that. Oh, that's her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, he's yeah. Before he's, he even <laughs> opens his mouth, he's not sympathetic in any way. There's a great, also just great. I mean, it's just full of great like stuff. There's a great scene where John Getz is having a conversation with him, and and there's like a a bug zapper behind Dan mm-hmm. Hedaya, and when he screams at, when he yells at him at one point, then the bug zapper goes. <laughs> Yeah, like a fucking giant fly just got murdered in there. It's great, <laughs> so good. Uh, but then the last, the final sequence where Emma Walsh is going to kill her, kill her and him, this and he shoots. Amazing. He shoots John Getz, and she gets freaked out. And, and John Getz just this dies. This is where you get the scene he where starts, the yeah, he just with dies the, with yeah. the light. He dies. This he dies just, not knowing actually what what's, is, going what's going on. on. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he's like, turn the fucking light off. And, and she's like, why? I don't understand. I, I literally know nothing. Yeah. And then she turns the light on and he gets and he gets cacked yeah. from across the street by M.M. Walsh. Right through, yeah, and right at through this point, chest. And at this point, stomach. she's like uh, in a corner and she knows why the light was supposed to be off. Throws her shoe at the light bulb. Finally breaks that. Yep. And then and then you just get Emmett Walsh like stalking her like Rudger Hauer and Harrison Ford at the end of uh, <laughs> at the end of Blade Runner. Yeah. And just some just fantastic classic just bizarre Cohen brothers action. And he's coming after them and it's also like that idea that whole, you know, like all this for a little bit of money is mm-hmm. also in this like it's it's for very little money that he killed Dan Day. Ten thousand dollars. And then like it's for because he, he thinks he's gonna get caught because they took his lighter. Mm-hmm. So he also thinks they know more than they do. Right. Yep. And he thinks they have his lighter which is under some fish in Dan Hedea's office. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, these people know who the fuck he is. And nobody, know, nobody, yeah, they, nobody they knows who he is. They don't know who this as guy is. As far as they're all. concerned, this, this 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 fucking random guy is after them now. Yeah. So, well, no, so she thinks it's she thinks it's Dan Hedaya because she right. also doesn't know he's until dead the, yeah. until the end. Yeah, so and she thinks it's him. The and only she's thing like, is she suspects that maybe John Getz did something to her husband, but yeah. she doesn't know what that is. Nope. Yeah. And he's convinced <laughs> that she killed him. So yeah, it's great. I mean, I, and I understand like that. It, 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 these kind of plots can be frustrating because it's like. You, it involves it involves characters being but, stupider but than so, you wish they were, or withholding from them. But I love I love when it, in a movie like this when it all comes together, and because nobody knew anything that anybody else knew, you get this great fucking but it's, sequence at the end where what M. makes M. it what her. makes it work where it doesn't work in other movies is because it's very intricate without being expository. Like yeah. there aren't scenes where the characters sit down and explain to you or each other what they do or don't know. You right. are forced to pay play catch up and figure this stuff out on your own right. just because. Because like we see the lighter under the fish, we see the gun in the pocket. You know, like we know what that gun—that gun is associated with her. So when he sees it, we know what he think, what he's thinking. Yeah. So that's why that's how you can get all this intricacy and formal economy into eighty-five minutes. Yeah. And uh, when Dan uh, Emma Walsh goes back to Dan Hedaya's office and like the body's gone, he's like, oh, 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 yeah. oh shit. And then he and then he makes it look like someone busted into the safe or whatever. Yeah. And then Frances McDormand shows up while he's there, and then there's this great shot where she falls from there backwards into bed, and I think that's what leads to the final sequence. Yep. Dana Day, she has a dream with Dana Day is in her room. <laughs> he barfs blood all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> his guts spill all over the floor. Call up. But but that's the last part where Emma Walsh. It's just then it becomes like a like a horror movie. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's just like with full on like gore effects and a and a robot hand and everything. And she's like she's trying to get away from this guy. He's. I, he is, his whole goal is just to kill these people and get his lighter back, yeah. so he has no attachment to it. It's very, but he's but he's also like a bad guy. Yeah, he like kill. He was like, I'm gonna kill these two people for ten thousand dollars. In that scene where he offers them money, he doesn't go like maybe for twenty thousand. Right. He he goes like ten. Yeah, that sounds That'll fine. Enough. Ten thousand dollars sounds like I'll enough money. Stack up money. some bodies for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She she like retreats into the bathroom and then like escapes through yeah. the. This is the this is just like the best part. And there's like a lot. Of good, good stuff in this oh, the movie, shower curtain the scene also were called in in later in Fargo. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because like in this one, he uh, she's opened the window and he opens the shower curtain and she's not there. She did actually escape into the next apartment. But in Fargo, the windows open and he looks in the shower and then she like runs in. Yeah, we've all seen it. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking great. But this is this is like some some kind of like I, I don't know what he's trying to do here. But he, you know, importantly, he's got the gloves on. Because there's going to be a robot hand <laughs> used shortly here, um, but like she has escaped to the, uh, I guess the apartment next door, yeah. 
uh, and he like I don't know what he's trying to accomplish, but he like reaches his hand from the from the window in the bathroom he's in to her the window that she's in, opens up the window. I, I don't know what he's he thinks she's just gonna be there and he's gonna grab her or something like that. I don't uh, maybe know. he's gonna maybe he's gonna open it. I got gotcha. you. I think he might be thinking oh, I'm gonna climb around or think he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's not gonna. <laughs> he's certainly not thinking she's going to uh, right. stab his hand into the window sill and pin she's, it there. Yes. Which is fucking great. <laughs> so then he's in like the next wall over, and she's in this empty apartment, and that's where there's a fucking great shot. Well, of his of his hand pinned to the thing with a knife, but then also like she's in this dark apartment, and he starts just shooting mm-hmm. holes through the wall. And you think, oh, he's sh- he's shooting at her, but it makes these like pinhole like yeah, yeah. like shafts of light. Shafts Amazing. of light, so fucking great. And he's like shooting through, that, and you're like, oh, she's shooting. He's shooting at her, and then it's like, then he starts punching the wall, and you're like. <laughs> Oh, he wasn't shooting at her. He, but then he punches through the fucking wall to pull the knife out of his hand. It's so fucking great. <laughs> and uh, this, and this whole time, she's like kind of walking back around. She's no, she's no, she's in the same apartment. And then he, oh yeah, it, yeah, no, it's yeah, like she, a no, different she, apartment. That's right. She, she goes back to walking the other back around to her own apartment very slowly while he's punching a hole in the wall and like pulling this blade out. And you see his fingers. Yeah, they're actually pulling a blade out, but they got like a fake rig, mm-hmm. and so the fingers are still kind of moving it's around. Great. It's great. <laughs> It kind of it kind of reminds me of that body in the thing. Yeah, right, that they, right. That they torch and its legs are sort of un- yeah, yeah. semi unnaturally not, moving around, but it's great. There's not a lot of nasty violence in in this, but there there is like a little bit in this and in Bound where you're like, there's a couple parts where you go, ah, yeah, yeah. but like but like very little, but they're they're memorable because yes, these they guys are. are like these guys because every shot in this is like. Uh, you know, purposeful. So it's not just sort of like, ew, that was gross, I guess. Or oh, he pulled, he doesn't just rip the knife out of his hand. It's like, no, no, he's got to pull the knife out of there. And as he does, blood's going to be spraying it. And they're going to cut to him <laughs> screaming, banging. He smashes his head into the window and cuts his face open. It's yeah, fucking great. It's so great. And the, and she, the door is still shut in the bathroom that he's in. And uh, Franny McDormand just like leans, sits down and leans up against the wall. And she's like, that's Dan Hedaya in there for sure. I'm yeah. certain of it. And he's like, I'm gonna get you, and he walks up to the door. So she shoots him through the door, still, and st- and not, you know, shoots, yeah. you know, kills him basically, shoots. and uh, still doesn't see him because the door's still shut. Marty is his name. Is Dan? Today. She's like Dan. You're, yeah, you're not gonna get me. You're Marty. not gonna get me, Marty. <laughs> and Emmett Walsh is now shot, shot, dying, un- lying underneath the sink, and he's like, ah. <laughs> This <laughs> stupid lady. She doesn't know a goddamn thing. Well, if I see him, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. <laughs> and then it's and got then the you get amazing. Possibly one of the possibly my favorite final shots in the history of movies. Oh wow! I don't know. It's, it's one of, up there. It's, it's certainly a great like uh, top five, or, like Coen Brothers final shot. You know? Oh, I, I've always loved this shot. Yeah, and it's just and it's just him looking up at the sink <laughs> as water collects under the the kind of like pipes and guts of the sink. And then the and then the song that you heard earlier starts playing again as this like droplet of water just sort of hangs there, and he has this weird expression. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, like it's fan- like I love this about the Coen Brothers. They'll they'll leave on this wild, ambiguous note, and we're like going out on that. I don't know yeah. what it means, but it does mean something. He like looks. He like is laughing before that because yeah. he's like make, he's like ha ha. You don't know what, but he's also dying. And then he's like. It's like, oh, uh, like he looks worried because yeah. this drop of water is going to fall on his <laughs> yeah, face. I guess. <laughs> but, it le- but it cuts it cuts the credits before you see that happen. It reminds me of the ending of Ser- Serious Man. Yeah, 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 exactly. The last shot of Serious Man where you're like, what was that all well, about? Well, if the water droplet falls, he's in a dream. And if it doesn't, then he's not. That's how it's his totem. That's oh. how he knows. Well, that's, yeah, oh, no. if this was a Christopher Nolan movie, that's, that's what would be the that's, explanation. That's, 
There would have been there would have been Maybe. like there would have been fifteen minutes of people explaining how the water drop works earlier later. in the movie. You'd watch, yeah. No, you'd watch that on YouTube later too. No, like, no, in a Christopher Nolan movie, there'd be like fifteen pages of exposition <laughs> on how the water drops in this universe. First half work. of the movie is so explaining go, how the water well, drop. Did works. this really happen? But or Tom was Hardy it, would be telling it to you in a funny voice. Did this happen or was it just a movie? Uh, but uh, but yeah. So then and then the movie's over and it's fucking and you and that's and that's the birth of the Coen Brothers. They came out fully formed. Incredible. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's the kind of ending that they do every now and again, where like certain people are like, "What the fuck was that? I hated that." And I go like, "That uh, uh, that uh, like made the hair stand up on the back yeah. of my neck." I thought that was incredibly effective. I, mean, I don't know if I could explain why it just works. They kind of always do that kind of ending because I mean, even like Raising Arizona, where it's like I had a dream where and he dreams this whole oh, the life, ending of like, yeah. and you're I like, don't like this, that movie, but the ending of it, like, Raising is that, Arizona is, is that actually incredible. the life or is this just his dream? Because then, then he goes, yeah. "Then I woke up." Which is the same ending as right. as oh, No people, Country for Old Men. People hated that. Where ending. He explains a dream and then he goes. Then I woke up and it ends. And yeah. they go, "Wait, what? That this guy- movie was supposed to end with Josh Brolin killing that guy, <laughs> right? And then Tommy Lee Jones is maybe showing up at the last minute and also putting a bullet in him. And then they like high five. <laughs> what the fuck was this dream shit? My parents hated that movie. Famously, they t- they told me they hated No Country for Old Men because there was nobody to root for. <laughs> well. That they a lot of people agreed with them because that, that movie had such like great <clears throat> reviews and stuff. More people saw that than pe- would see the usual. Yeah. So like other other people were watching this Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. And being like, I liked some of it, and then it started like to get movies. weird. Um. Yeah. But you know, but yeah. I, th- I think the ending is like ambiguous in that way that they do. Yeah. Often it's also my one of my favorite Coen Brothers endings was is Burn After Reading. Not to like. Mm-hmm. What was, the fuck did we learn? What the fuck did we learn? I don't know. Oh, don't don't do don't it do again. it again. Whatever it <laughs> whatever is, whatever it is, is, we did. And then it, and then the camera pans out to like a spy set. Yeah, it's like the Tony Scott parody <laughs> shit. I love that. <laughs> don't do it again. I My guess. favorite thing about that that bit where they say like don't do it again is when he's like he's like what do we learn and J.K. Simmons just goes oh. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Simmons is so fed up at the end of the movie. He's like, "What the fuck? How did this happen? People got their heads hatcheted open in that movie." <laughs> Brad Pitt gets his street. face blown off. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah the, the, which is the funniest scene in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> hey, he's got this big smile. Uh, and hey, shot sorry, <laughs> whoops. Whoa. Anyway, we're yeah. at the bird after reading. Bird after reading is great. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, you can well, disagree with this, but I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is a, uh, just a couple of lines here. This is not even very many lines in this movie. This, considering how how famed they are for their writing, uh, this is this is more of a uh, visual exercise than anything else. Um, but they're still uh, they still got the repetition thing that they do later on with this ma- marriage counselor bit, right? Where he keeps right. on going like, "I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a marriage counselor." And then at one point, I, I don't remember. Dan Hedaya Dan goes, Dan says to him, "What are you a marriage counselor? What are you a marriage counselor?" And he smiles. He goes, "What the fuck are you smiling at?" <laughs> It's great. Santana Abraxas? <laughs> I didn't order, I didn't I didn't order, order Santana, Santana Abraxas. I don't know what Santana Abraxas is. <laughs> and then after well, sorry, after Emma Matt Walsh like uh, turns on the little uh, the little booby lighter thing and goes, Isn't that wild? <laughs> like he can tell Dan Hedaya is like perturbed and he goes, What's the matter with you? Stick your finger up the wrong person's ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a broken finger. I mean he did too. Not literally, yeah, but not but literally, but pretty kinda, much. Kinda, yeah, yeah. kinda. And uh, and there's also a part in it that I thought was very funny, um, uh, where John gets after he goes through all this trouble to bury Dan Hedaya's body in the middle of a empty field next yeah. to a person's house. Yeah. 
uh, and he's covered. He's still covered in blood, and he's just been walking around with his shirt with blood stains on it for the whole morning. And he shows up at Franny McDormand's, and he's, he's not. He's talking, not directly talking about what he's talking about, and she's totally confused. And he just kind of goes like, "We got to be smart about this." <laughs> it's like you are covered in blood. <laughs> you already you failing have, at you that. You have been my the friend. least smart about it. The best thing you could have done is, as soon as you walked in there and you realized he was dead, is leave. leave. Yep. But he, but you know, he, there's he's he, trying to protect her. He's trying to protect her. Yeah, there. Take you know. the gun. Good. Leave the cannoli. Leave the cannoli. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> All right, let's do ratings. Oh yeah, for Blood Simple. Four Juds. Yeah. No Douglases. No. Unless you want to talk about a lot of the filthy talk, maybe give it half a Douglas I mean, for M.M. You know Walsh. what? I'm I'm probably gonna I'd probably give it one for M.M. at Walsh. Half a Jud. Half a Douglas for M.M. at Walsh. Just because like booby, he has, his he has booby gross, lamp and just, his gross talk. Just Isn't like and just also like the alternate universe where like. He like had sex with that girl, yeah. <laughs> like somehow <laughs> hitting on a fifteen-year-old yeah. girl. <laughs> Jesus, just uh, like, uh, yeah. she, she, she deserved it. <laughs> she, she had a couple. Yeah, well, she thought he was rolling. Yeah, she was uh, smoking that reefer. That's what you get. That's what <laughs> Say you get. No to drugs. Uh, and I'm gonna give a ten out of ten slow motion flying newspapers. Oh, oh my god, that. fucking amazing! It's one of my favorite shots in any movie ever. <laughs> uh, four, yeah, uh, four Juds. It's a uh, fucking spectacular, but also pretty far from perfect. Uh, so four judges, I think, is is appropriate. Yeah, you know, there's like technically sex scenes in it, I guess, but it's all very, they're very, they're not particularly interested. In, they, Coen Brothers have never been particularly no. interested in sex. And in, in fact, general, in fact, in the interview with Frances McDormand on there, she talks about how she's like was concerned once she started reading there were sex scenes. She's like, I don't want to have to. It's her first, my first movie. I don't want to do nude scenes. There are gonna be nude scenes and Joel Cohen. I said to her, no, 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 we're selling this movie on the violence, not the sex. <laughs> They're very clear-eyed. I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. Blood is in and the title. And then the weird tendrils That's not gonna that be they thing. have came out of their ears and connected to each <laughs> yeah, other. <exactly>. And then <laughs> We're merely exchanging information through protein Long strands. Long protein strings, I if highly, you have a better idea. I highly like recommend, if you haven't, if anybody hasn't, to look up. I was probably on the Criterion channel. Or I don't know, maybe not. It's on the disc anyway. The Frances McDormand interview is great because she talks about them like... Just the Cohen brothers, they're like f- fully formed. They call them like a high, you know, two headed hydra, just like mm-hmm. going, uh, uh, like, you know, you've done a good scene if they're going, like, uh, 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 like, <laughs> like Beavis and Butt. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> if you've ever seen, uh, they can they can be very dry and uh, uh, uncharismatic in interviews. It sort of depends on the either, either who's doing it or what moment it is, but. There is actually on the DVD of Big Lebowski an interview, and I don't know who's doing it, but for some reason they seem very, they're very up. I don't know if they were drunk or what, but they're just like <laughs> laughing and goofing around and telling jokes, and they're they're fucking funny. Yeah. Did they? They, they edited this one as Roderick Janes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There was the, Roderick Janes and someone else, but Roderick Janes famously them. Yeah. is them. But yeah. they, I think, I think Roderick James won, Janes won an Academy Award for like one of their movies. <laughs> I think that may be true. Yeah. And they like had to go up and go. We're the. That's us. <laughs> we're us. <laughs> It's us. We just. It's like if Steven Soderbergh wins a Best Cinematography Award one day for Peter Andrews. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Fake guy. They just made him up. And I'm gonna give it one vomit-inducing nut shot. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going four and a half. I love this movie. Mm. I love it. I think it's great. I think it is. It has some flaws here and there, but like, man, it's only an hour and a half too, and it's just like fucking zips by, and it's just like one. It's just one great shot after another. Um. And I'm gonna give it one Douglas just for M. Emmett Walsh's presence. His whole his whole deal in this movie is not sexual 
per se, but it is gross. <laughs> Sweating, covered in flies. Like, you know, almost for Dan Hedaya, but he's not really, like, sleazy. I mean, you, that guy is sleazy. I guess he hits on that girl, and it's pretty gross. But it's also, like, he doesn't do a lot. But Emma Walsh is showing up being like, hey, I'm in this movie. You're like, yeah. ugh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Gr- gross already, just in that suit and sweat. It's like pit stains. His whole body's covered in pit stains somehow. Uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Uh, ten out of ten surprise hidden German shepherds. Mm. That's German, right. That's German right. German shepherd just pops up in the corner. Wait, that right dog doesn't go here. <laughs> and then she gets it's grabbed by uh, Dan Hedaya. Oh, wanna, uh, also, just another shot that I loved. That uh, it's just like a small thing, but where you just kind of go Cohen Brothers, where he uh, early in the, on in the movie he sees that dog and goes up and pets it, yeah. and then you hear the sound of whapping. And then yeah. it cuts to the shot of the dog's oh, tail, tail hitting yeah. and you just kind of again make shivers go up your spine. You're just sort of like, wow, what a, they did that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's a small thing, but it really works. I mean, all three of these movies, partly it's like these three directors or two director teams and one director, but who like are very, are known for like their visual, yeah, very style, yeah. yeah, and like. Uh, and I think, you know, for better or for worse. And in the next direction, the next, the next, the next case, one, for worse. I, for I, think, worse. I, think he's, I think he can, I, I like I Danny Boyle more than you, but I think I don't think his, all of his movies are bad. No, I, but I, I don't did think just so watch either. The Beach I like two six of months them. ago, and that movie that fucking That movie's sucks. bad. Yeah. I hate that movie. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm going to give it a chance, and I'm like, oh, God, no, this is as bad as people say it is. Let's not uh, revisit that one. But no. uh, the it, movie, what's that? It's, it's Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave, yeah. It's a sick idea, Alex. It's sick. Go ahead, then. Telephone the police. Tell them there's a suitcase full of money and you don't want it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about disposal. Who's going to do it? We all are, David. We're all going to do it. Each of us, you, me and Juliet. I don't think I can. Juliet, you're a doctor. You kill people every day. Is this necessary? I can't do it. You want to play or not? And much, Danny Boyle's first but much movie. like uh, Blood Simple, eh, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna find the same thing about Bound because the Bound's pretty tight. Um, but much like uh, Blood Simple, it's the kept being, he kept being this way. Yeah, <laughs> this this established like his yeah. his filmmaking recipe, and you, know, you see a lot of the hallmarks. And I think a lot of these hallmarks are terrible. I'm not. I think I that he's not just, my least favorite director. Outmoded, ever. and they were like already. You know, they seemed edgy in 1994, but they didn't stay that way very long. And they they're they're very outmoded now. I think that his whole technique just stinks. I don't like his movies in general. There are a few exceptions, but I mostly don't like them. What, are, what would like, you say are the exceptions? You like Train Spotting? I do like Train I like Spotting. Train Spotting. Um, and and honestly, the sequel is not that bad. It's it's fine. Oh, I forgot that exists. It's, like, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, I have a soft spot for Sunshine. I think that's his yes. best movie, which is weird because I generally can't stand Alex Garland, but and, I, and I think that that that's also his best. And Absolutely I th- I falls think, apart. I don't think so, but I know that I'm in the vast minority. I do think that the ending actually makes thematic and narrative sense there. It doesn't, no, I mean, I to think, me, it doesn't just turn into a slasher movie. But. Yeah, it, ju- it just turns into a shittier movie either way. I think it's a, I shitty, think I think it's a shittier movie, and I, then I think it recovers at the very end with the yeah, sh- that, that shot that of final shot end, is fucking amazing. You know, yeah. where he's like, that's fucking... That but climax, I blame that, Alex Garland Garland for the end of that movie more than I blame Danny Boyle because Garland sure, sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that movie a lot. That's my favorite um, Danny Boyle movie easily. Um, a lot of people like 28 Days Later. I think that movie's fine, but I feel like the sequel is far superior. I liked it the time I saw it, and then but the, that movie also has the same problem where it's like... Falls but, apart in the last third. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, eh. And, and I've also, I'm like, I've seen Dawn of the Dead, 
And yeah. I don't like I don't actually like Day of the Dead, but I'm like I've also seen Day of the Dead, and you're just kind of doing that, but not as good. Right. Not as good as a movie I kind of or I don't like. But the list, I mean, the list of like okay three star movies in his career is is like long. You know what I mean? Like, and that includes Train Spotting Two. That includes like Steve Jobs, Slumdog Millionaire. No. Mostly sucks. You know how that one Best Picture I'll never understand. Yeah, it's real. It's like real fun and breezy. It's it was like none a, of those things. It's like we look at me. It's all slap. I'm just a and simple stuff. Slumdog Millionaire. Why can't you just leave me alone? It sucks. You know, I what else? I couldn't finish that one. You know, you like Millions. I found that boring. I liked Millions. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. I liked Millions. I liked uh, the James Franco one. Oh, 127 the, Hours? The, the, the Don't Go Outside the movie? Arm, the arm guy. We, a, we yeah. always had a plan All to do it. All these movies a, I forgot about. I always about. had a plan to do a one with Matt. I'll just talk about it here because we never made it where it was 127 uh, minutes. Because was, I famously refused was, to go camping or was, do outdoor yeah, activities. Yeah, so it was Matt watching. It would be Matt watching... If somebody else wants to make this, the references are all old now or yeah. whatever. But be Matt watching 127 hours and and being like, "This is fucking bullshit. Camping's for idiots. You deserve it if you go camping." And then like all of your DVDs or something fall on right. you, like Skinner and, the newspapers. And, so, and then your arm is trapped under something. And so that is, it's, and then it's the whole movie. But it's Matt having to like decide because yeah. he's too weak to get his arm up from under this pile of DVDs for Turn over the movie for on. a little over you two know. hours. No, this would be like a yeah. This would be a little over. That two movie hours definitely ago. really. I really hated that movie, but not just because of the like you know like uh, because I hate going camping and you deserve what you get. It was more <laughs> just like this dude. This dude is like gonna do this incredibly dangerous thing. Everybody in his life is like, you shouldn't do that, and he's like, fuck you, I'm gonna do it. And then they have to chop. He has to like fucking gnaw his own arm off at the end or something to get home. And then at the end of the movie. It's like, well, he was finally reunited with his family, and he's still going out and doing dangerous shit. It's, fuck <laughs> this guy. He can eat. He can eat shit. Fuck I mean, him. I thought that movie ended with the James Franco tricking one of his students into having sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, also, it's James Franco. That doesn't help, you know. <laughs> I will say that. I will say that that's one. Like, you know, we all watch a lot of like gory horror movies. And oh yeah, stuff, it's pretty and, like, gnarly. It doesn't really like like stuff doesn't usually get me to like turn away from the screen or or like really cringe in like gore scenes. Yeah. I've been rewatching the show Girls, and a lot of stuff in that show gets me to like look away from the screen. Yeah, all but the parts where they have to cut the cut each other's limbs but, off, and that. But it's, but it's not. Be, no, it's never. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that is never because of gore. Right. Gore doesn't usually bother me, but in 127 hours, the part where he actually has to cut his arm off, yeah. and it, like there's like the sound. There's something about it. I was like, Ugh, like it's like these. You know, it's doing this hyper stylized inside his arm shit, and you see like the nerve, and the so knife dumb. is like going through a nerve, and it's like, yeah, I cut really my arm off me. one time. It's nothing like that, right? It's nothing like that at all. Anyway, we're not. That's but but we're like off track I, here. I, I, that's why I, I don't hate Danny Boyle as yeah. much as, as you. I don't know. I haven't seen all of his movies either. I haven't seen the uh, what's what's. The, I'm sure I'm leaving a bunch of them out. Trust or truth or uh, oh, you know, trance. That one is what? pretty fun. That one's the good it's one. Like a caper one. I don't with, even uh, know if I've heard it's, of this. It's one. James McAvoy James and Rosario McAvoy, Dawson. Rosario Dawson. And they, they like hypnotize people. It's fucking fun. That's probably his best movie. Wow. <laughs> they put you in a trance <sighs> and you'd forgotten about it. But Danny Boyle is like a huge director. Like he's a big director. Who's Academy done, he's made almost, Academy he almost did the winning. new James Bond movie before they fired his ass. Thank God. Yeah, the new James Bond movie will be just as mediocre as every James Bond movie. I still well, think debate, I still but. think the the only thing. <laughs> yeah, it may suck. It may suck more than the other James Bond movies. I do I do like Sunshine, but I think that the Danny Boyle is Train Spotting, and that's pretty much. Yeah, he did Train Spotting, and that was pretty much it. But and I mean, then it, it feels his stuff just feels journeyman like yeah. to me. 
Um, or is irritating in a very signature I, way that he establishes in this movie. Yeah, I think where I people think where people you, you can't under make any emotional sense of what anybody's doing at any given time, and you're like, what's going on? His, <laughs> this shouldn't be confusing. This isn't like a complex story. Yeah, yeah. Why can't I tell what the fuck is going on? Why is this person doing that? Oh, I guess these people are doing this now. It seems like he's trying. He's trying to make you know like this this sort of fast paced noirish like you know edgy thriller like the sort of cutting satirical thriller yes but it's supposed to be a comedy too you know it's but it's i think it's supposed comedy, to be funny. yeah yeah it's dark comedy but at the same time it's kind of like who versus like who gives a shit about any of these people or what they're doing or what they want <laughs> they're immediately assholes and i just checked out like so quickly so that by the time they're you know cutting each other's throats or whatever there's the fuck they're doing to to whatever to each other to anyone else i'm just kind of like get to the end so that I can at least know where it wound up. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It just, and then when, where it does go is just so, it's so perfunctory and so kind of mean spirited and cynical that you're kind of like, what was, what's the point of all this? Like, well, it's a, th- this is like a real, like uh showcase of style. And he's not <clears throat> like the other two f- filmmakers we're talking about this time. He's not, doesn't have a particular, style that like he's like where you go like oh this is what coen brothers movies looks like you watch bound and you go oh that's what the wachowski's right. movies look like and feel like like danny boyle's like it's style kind but it's kind of, of frenetic like, but it's like it's like style but it's like this like overabundance of style is his it's style. very like look i'm going to do i'm going to do and he that's his whole career is like i'm going to do this and the camera's going everywhere and oh now in this scene is doing this and it's like right isn't this a cool shot and it's kind of like cool shot uh yeah. syndrome uh, cool shot syndrome, you know, like, like. But it's all that's all it is. It's very empty. <laughs> yeah, it's very empty. But I, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. Just like once I got over the shallow, the, like, the sh- yeah, it's shallow. Huh? Once, <laughs> once I got over the, uh, the like, because you'd already said like I hate these people, and I was kind of like, like Matt might be being hyperbolic. And then the very first scene of the movie is them like being really mean to a guy, and then laughing. Who about seems it. perfectly nice? Who seems they're being mean whatever. to everybody? But like the very first thing is that guy coming in, and like he's like they're like super mean to him, yeah. and then they're like, we're all like fucking assholes. And like Ewan McGregor is the biggest asshole out of them, but they're all they're all kind of bad. It's him and it's him and. Uh, Eccleston, Christopher Chris Eccleston. Eccleston, and Carrie Fox, mm-hmm. and they all live in this big flat. They and they're all, looking for a roommate for some they're reason. They're all yuppies. It seems like they can afford it without a roommate, and it's a, it's is, enormous. And like one of them is a one of them's an accountant, one of them is a newspaper reporter, and the and then she's a doctor. She's a doctor. Carrie Fox is a doctor. So it's three upper middle class people who sh- who have a fantastic apartment, and then it becomes a like struggle for money. And they also but have they this weirdly incestuous relationship but with the, each other where like they probably all boned each other at one point. Yeah. Or but it's not even it's kind of not even about the money. It's more like that the money is cuz Ewan McGregor even points out like the whole point of this money is we're going to spend all this money. Who cares? We're going to get rid of it. And then the Christopher Eccleston is like worried about it. He's like, "No, we need to hide it and put it away somewhere." And then yeah, of course he's the one who ends up killing all the people. Yeah. Um <sighs> But, uh, but so I, I never understand what anybody's motivation is. The whole movie. Well, this this there's a big problem with this movie. It's and a again, problem. And again, I enjoyed this movie. I'm probably gonna end up being on the positive side of it Ugh. just because I think it's. I thought it was kind of fun. I didn't I had hate fun, it. But I, had fun, I don't think it's very. I had good. fun watching yeah. it, 
but ultimate but also like when like they're going they find the dead body so they get a they get a roommate well so the whole op- the scene that we're talking about where it's established that they're mean and this is on purpose you're i don't think you're supposed to like these characters because no. they're like uh, trying to get a new roommate to come live with them the three of them have like this very tight-knit asshole relationship and they just abuse all these people who come in who yeah. are like applying why do you think we didn't let you live in this place you weak cunt <laughs> and they have all these like stupid questions shite. like i need you to tell me your favorite song and yeah. you know blah 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 it's like all this stupid bullshit shit they're just trying to fuck with people yeah and so and then it's like why i hate the show friends too it's because these characters act they act those characters on that show act the same way as these people (laughs) here okay except that like people these guys are worse they're beloved here's what here's what those people are terrible too (laughs) here's what you and says to one of them so you have an example of uh i wish just the way that they the way that they talk to people and the way that they are established as characters that should have happened in friends too they should have gotten a bunch of money and then just fucking killed each other where all the characters kill each other and the actors too they're all dead in real life ross would be the one who broke first <laughs> oh yeah mm. for sure <laughs> what on earth would make you think that we would want to share a flat like this with someone like you you have none of the things we look for in a prospective flatmate talking here about things like presence charisma style and charm and then like one person's like crying at a certain point and stuff and they're like ah, ha, ha, ha. So like you're not supposed to like them. I like right, the part later the on when they're at the when they're at the fancy dinner and the the one guy that they reject the most harshly like is the waiter there and they fuck with him there too and it's just like fuck you. No, but no, but then no, then that but then that's the that's like there's oh, a satisfying they, ending. He to does, that. There's he a because he beat you and McGregor's ass. No, that's what I'm saying. That's my favorite part out. of the movie. Right? Yeah. No, but but that's like important because it's like because you're like does this movie fuck also? You. This, I feel yeah. like the movie also kind of hates oh sure people. absolutely. I don't think that the movie is trying to put you on their side, but I'm just saying that I couldn't get on anyone's side. Like I didn't even care what I happened f- to them i feel that's, like that's the kind of the problem with this gambit is because you're like okay so i don't care about these people yeah, I think and I now i have to the, watch this movie about these people i don't yeah. care if they get the money or if one of them gets the money or if none of them get the money i yeah. don't give a fuck i think it's a problem in like found money movies it can be i, I love the movie a simple plan yeah but i know people who don't like that movie because they were like i don't like the characters and you're like kind of like well if you don't then you're not gonna and this and this movie is uh, right out of the gate going like you don't like these characters right. whereas a simple plan is kind of like you kind of well, like these people let's talk they about seem that, like though, normal people and they find money and then it all falls apart you, but in this one oh go ahead well you hear movie you hear people say that all the time i didn't like the characters and there are plenty of movies where you're not supposed to like the characters yep. and i'm not trying to say that that's not good exactly there's no, no. no there's no reason that i should have to like the characters in any movie at all no but in this case there's nothing to latch on to, not because you don't like them, but because it just it sort of doesn't matter. Well, that's what I mean. I guess that's They're, what I mean is that when when it's a specifically a, a like uh, we found a bunch of money and we're gonna be at each other's throats situation, you want to at least be on a side, yeah. As opposed to this movie where you're kind of like, I guess I'm on the side of them spending all the money on remote control cars, right, or and something, it, and, because it, that seems fun. It I don't seems know. like is Danny Boyle's whole purpose in making this movie is to just go like. What if I made a heist movie or a, a movie like this where you didn't like anybody? It's like, well, who <laughs> fucking cares? I guess you could do that I if guess you wanted. You could do that. Cause, yeah, because I absolutely agree with you. I don't think, but I think you need to uh, be able to relate to a character, right? In some regard, and this movie makes it very hard to like even to like. Care. And the person they let you into the most is Christopher Eccleston, who's a fucking psycho. Yeah, he, his character yeah. takes a turn that doesn't make any logical sense. I guess the idea is that he committed, he did, did He's all this too fucked uptight. up stuff, so it like fucked him up or something. Yeah. But he just he is, is, is presented weirdo. essentially as the <laughs> attic weirdo. Yeah. He is essentially presented at the beginning as the most likable of the yeah. three. He's the one that's kind of like, oh, all right, you guys are fucking around with him, but I got to get to my my accounting job, and uh, I take this a little. 
bit seriously about you're my friends and all, but hey, right. Nick, I'm the, I'm the straight-laced one. They should have found them. When they found the money, they should have put it in the money bin. Yeah, Put it in me money bin. Me money. <laughs> I want to swim around in it. Well, so let's get to where they find the money is that this guy moves in. and uh, Do we see why they picked him? She, uh, she, she likes him. She likes him. He's okay. being kind of like poetic and stuff. Right, she likes right, him, right. and they, the other guys aren't there. And she, she's like, "Well, we need someone to move in," which is I would never explain either why they need someone to move in. Because right. then later they on, all they seem to be doing pretty well. Because later on, yeah. they don't need anybody no. else. To, they don't like try and find a new roommate. <laughs> right, this right. Is, so anyway, look, there's a lot of holes. <sighs> Nothing makes sense. Uh, but like, there's but a lot like, of holes, including the ones they drill in the ceiling. Yeah, oh my so god! So this guy, this guy moves in, and they're kind of joking. Well, oh, have you ever, uh, you know, killed anybody? And he's like, "Haha, no." And it does his flashback, which, right? Which is like fun. It's a fun style, stylish thing. But it's like totally. It feels like it's totally like, extraneous. Yeah, and you're like, why would you do that? Just have. It's more exciting if you don't know that this guy like is you a can, bad guy until you like find you him naked and they find the box a bunch of, of money. Bunch then of money. you can be like, oh, he probably did kill someone. But it says shot. They like beat, yeah. they're beating a dude up at an ATM and the blood's like running down the ATM screen. It says like, have a nice day. And I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. But it reminds me of a funnier so shot corny. in in, uh, in that the very first shot of uh, Maximum Overdrive, which I just rewatched, where uh, <laughs> the, where Stephen King and he's trying to get money out of an ATM. It's the very first shot of the movie, and the ATM goes. The ATM says. Fuck you. <laughs> and then he looks back and he goes, he goes, honey, this ATM just, this ATM just told, called me and no, he says, fuck you, asshole. And he's like, this ATM just called me an asshole. And he looks back and he goes, asshole, 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 all across the screen. <laughs> anyway, they said the ATM scene, screen scene in this movie doesn't hold the camera. Not as that, good, but. Uh, Honey, I'm not going to remember even making this movie ten years from now because <laughs> I'm true. so coked up. Also, everybody rewatch Maximum Overdrive. It's pretty good. Pretty good movie for what it is. Lawnmowers uh, and whatnot. But uh, but yeah. So this guy moves in and he's like. Uh, then they then like a day later they find him. They oh they a few days later he hasn't come out of his room and they bust in the door and he's on his bed just like sprawled naked. out naked. You can see his wee pecker. <laughs> and apparently he's had a heroin, heroin overdose. overdose, and then they find yes. they're looking. So then they're because they're assholes. They immediately start going through start his going shit. Through this stuff. is a, yeah, one of them. Another, Chris another sort is like, of "What are like, you doing?" And he's like, "I'm going through his stuff." And he's like, "Don't do that." But barely, he's barely like a voice right. of reason. And that's so it's sort of like eh. they find a bag, of, a whole like suitcase of money. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where it's like, well. Okay, so hide the money and call the cops. And call the, call cops. the cops. And they then instead they go, they leave him there for a while, and then they are have been apparently off camera waffling about this, and then they go, so should we do it? And they're like, okay, and they're like, we're gonna chop up this guy's body and go bury they him in the him, woods. They leave him there for what appears to be days yeah. because the body becomes like white. Yeah, and, and they go back and in and at some smell, point. Well, they go, they're actually say like we've got to start, we've got to do this now because he's starting to turn. He's starting to turn, and at one, but yeah. at one point like uh, Ewan or, or Ewan Christopher, like Ewan McCracken or Christopher. Like come out of the the guy's. I guess he was checking on the corpse again. Right. He's like, we've we've got to get rid of this body. And then the the lady's like, I don't know. I'm starting to get used to him. And you're like, ah, yeah, these guys are all uh, oh, fucked up funny. assholes. Uh, but this is disgusting. And you could have just like like the cops are gonna like find a dead body who overdosed in their apartment and go, we better check and see if there's a briefcase full of money here. <laughs> they don't know anything about the briefcase full of money. Right. And I think just take the money, call the cops, have them take the corpse away. It, it makes no sense. And meanwhile, we know that there's two other guys, two other like thugs, right. that are coming after the money. Yeah. Right. They're on. A They're like murdering spree. people, which are pretty funny, fun scenes. Is it? Uh, what's the? Uh, it's Peter uh, Mullen. Peter Mullen, and uh, I, I don't know who the, the other, other guy, guy is. But uh, Peter Mullen, but and Peter Mullen, who I love, but he has yeah. no dialogue in this. But he he's just looks scary yeah. and like kills a couple. They they've created. They like drown the first guy and then they put the other guy in a freezer. I love it. They switch. They switch it up. Not, yeah. oh, we're gonna kill you. We're gonna kill everybody different ways. But, but different kinds of. So we know that techniques. we know that they're coming. Right. 
for the guy who died. So we know that there's there are bad there's a bad element, but it doesn't stop the characters from calling the cops because they don't know. Right. So I think we're it's supposed to be we're supposed to go like oh but somebody is coming for the money. But you're like but the cops wouldn't care. The cops would you just hide just don't they would they don't know this guy. They, 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 all they know is you go like this guy moved in and then he died. And right. The cops would go shit that's fucked up. Looks like he died of a heroin overdose. Yeah. And they wouldn't go. I wonder I wonder if this guy has a bag of money. I'm, or even if they did they had a shot and they're like we think this guy stole a bunch of money. They'd go like do you do you have a bag of money here and they no, go no right. no I don't I don't think nay. that would work. I mean that's I, I, will buy, I will buy that this is a giant uh, contrivance, yeah. you know, created to continue this the narrative yeah, that yeah. you're trying to tell. But I don't think that uh, the cops not finding the money would stop the bad guys from killing them for the money sure. that they're no, sure. No, no, no. But that's that's the thing is no, like no. it doesn't affect the outcome of the rest of the movie either way. What I'm saying is that like that's what I'm saying. The, Other than if, making if you go, why are these people doing? Yeah, why this? are they it doing? Makes no yeah, sense. It, it just makes you go, why are these people dumb? Because like, well, just why wouldn't they call call the cops? And then yeah. the rest of the movie still happens the same, the way, same way, where exactly. the bad guys still come after them. That doesn't stop the the plot of the movie, right. but it stops you from going like questioning why these people are so stupid. Right. The whole rest of the movie, but then like, they wouldn't be they wouldn't have a scene where they have to like dismember a guy, yeah. Yeah. And bury him in a shallow grave. I think that's just to just to, I think it's just to suggest that they're they're into it. They're like they're turned on by it. Well, yeah, this I, is this is more maybe. more stupid shit because. Christopher Eccleston is the one the whole time going like, "We've got to call the cops," uh, you know, and Ewan McCracken for reasons not explained is like, "No, no, no, bobbies, we're not calling the wee bobbies." I think he and, know, uh, he like knows he's like actually he, like he knows because he's a reporter or yeah. something. Yeah, he's like, a reporter. I know. I know how it works. Scotland Yard won't work. They're that gonna way. show up. Is here. it Scotland Yard in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called England Yard. England there. Yard. Yeah, <laughs> everything's bananas over there. Yeah, they drive on the other side of the road. <laughs> it's, it's fucking ridiculous. La La Land. They call uh, them bobbies. And lorries. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck's going on fuck over there. Get out of here. Even Jesus. they don't know what Get it means. Get the fuck out of there. No, I would not like to take a <laughs> so look. So we kicked their asses back in World War II. <laughs> yeah, we really did. <laughs> <laughs> but but so Ewan McCracken is the one going like, we've got to cut the body up into different pieces and put it in a shallow grave. And Christopher Eccleston's like, no. That would make a good name for a movie. No, I don't want to do it. And then uh, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then eventually he's Carrie Fox like, is just on board with doing it. Carrie Fox is, uh, yeah. What, I'm mad what? that Ewan Bremner way, is not in this movie. I can't believe he didn't turn up. Where's <laughs> Bremner? Was he busy? He Did he have to work at the he he have to work at the movie theater at the time or something? Yeah. Hey, maybe I don't know if he had been acting. Maybe. Yeah. He's in the next one. Yeah. Sure is. I mean, he's in Train Spotting. His next Danny Boyle's next movie. Yeah. My pleasure in other people's leisure. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, so so McCracken is is the one advocating for this. So if yeah. the way human beings would work, if, he, if you, what you do, if you're Christopher Eccleston, you're like, all right. And then Ewan McCracken goes like, all right, now you cut up the body. And he's like, no, you cut up the fucking body. This is your idea. Right. Yeah. We'll draw straws. No, you're, <laughs> it's your idea. You cut up the fucking body. But We're of course, all in this together. Of course, they what draw straws. That? dipshit scene where they go to the hardware store and they're just like ooh a hacksaw let's get some shovels yeah. and they're just talking about it the whole time Jesus being Christ. very blase about it's, it up until the point it's very it's like very it's of so it's corny. time it's very like not in mid 90s kind of it thing. is like where it's like what if the characters just went there and they're like all blase about it yeah. it's it's very much is like that that attitude it's i mean towards it, it, it can't know? it can't be blamed on post pulp fiction but it definitely feels like that shit it's yeah. it's around that, but the, you know that's the thing is that that kind of stuff was percolating right. 
at that time. Yeah. I mean, it is post-Reservoir Dogs, though. True. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you, I don't want to blame it all on Tarantino, but he did put a fire under a lot of asses mm-hmm. to like go like, shit, we can just do it. We can just do, do this. a little thriller. Just do a little, a little crime movie. Yeah. You know, and some are better than others. Right. Because... I mean, this isn't killing Zoe, but... No, no, no. <laughs> it feels, it, it it feels shitty in some of the same way. Yes, yeah. it did. I, I don't, this isn't as like abrasively right. irritating as Killing Zoe. Or you guys yeah, were, yeah. You guys no, were going like you. Scottish, very bad things, and I'm kind of like, that movie just... But that movie is like... Is like I feel like this I don't movie. Think it's it's I feel like this movie. This movie things. is going like is kind of being like, isn't it edgy to kind of like chop up a body and bury it? And, you're, and then very bad things is like rubbing it in your face and going like, isn't this fucking fucked up and funny and cool, right? And you're like, man. And also, I feel like this has a better directorial style than sure. very bad things. I, but I anyway. don't like this movie, but I hate yeah, yeah, yeah. very bad right. things. I just bring that because you mentioned it because it ever. is a similar kind of thing yeah. where it's like this friendship supposedly sure. falling apart. Although you never you never get why these people are friends. Our friends. They're all assholes they together. All, they all that. live together. It's like how it's like how in uh, Three Men and a Baby, all three of those guys live together. And those like, guys were all fucking each other. You're though. like, why? Oh, oh, yeah, because there's just deleted scenes with yeah, the ghosts fucking each other, sucking like, each other's dicks. The director, the director's cut of Three Men and a yeah. Baby. <laughs> it's like they're a, all sucking each other's like dicks. A, there's no baby in that version of the it? movie. The baby was a euphemism. For you, it. Leonard Nimoy directed the it? shit out of that scene yeah. where they're sucking it's each like other's not dicks. A, it's like a three-person sixty-nine. Uh, but human like, centipede. No, but no, but they're like in a certain. Well, they're like sixty-nine plus sixty plus sixty. So it's like so no, it's like sixty-nine, 69 divided by two plus half of sixty-nine. So you got so you got I'm dancing, dancing, and goot, <laughs> dancing's doing goot, and then anyway, whatever. Well, you guys, you guys, I'm just effect. trying. I'm trying to like sell like a, a visual for the listeners, but you right. guys, you guys know what we're it's talking. It's a triumvirate. About. You guys have seen. Look, if you look at the poster of Three Men and a Baby, and then imagine that. Imagine them all fucking each other. Uh, it's a one hundred three point five. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, 103.5. Three guys <laughs> sucking each other's dicks in a circle. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning <laughs> on 103.5.5. <laughs> okay. So, anyways. William the D. Because this is all recognizable human behavior, Christopher Eccleston's like, I don't want to do it. And then they're like, you will do it. And now you have to cut up the body, too. And he's like, fine. And so he's like cutting up the body. And this is the part when it's starting to be like their blaseness is like. You know, Cracking. starting to crack the facade and their blaseness because he got all he's got all fucked up because this was so disturbing. Yeah, and the movie th- I guess is trying to be edgy in ways, but it's not showing any of this. You you hear like sounds and you see him going like, "It's so gross what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm cutting through the body." You don't really see any of it. You just yeah. hear sawing noises. It's all and like stuff. red lit, like Goodfellas. Yeah, they got the they got the red lit. How about a wing? This uh, sort of shit, <laughs> like the leg of a wing. What do you like, the old hearts and lungs? Uh, and so he, and so this is when Christopher Eccleston starts to like he it starts. To, I think it, the idea is that it like warps him that he has to do this right. shit. Yeah, it's like warps it's like because and it's also like the thing where Ewan McGregor is the character who's like, let's do this. We're doing this. Fuck you. We're doing this. And he's our very blasé brother at the hardware store. And then when it comes down to it, he's like, I don't. I can't. Yeah, this I can't. Is actually very disturbing. I don't think I can actually do this. And then they make the guy who didn't want to do it do it. You know. So yeah, you know. And it sends him. It sends him into a spiral of uh, of par- paranoia and depression, and he starts hiding out <laughs> in the guess. attic with the money. Yes, and he's like drilling holes in the ceiling and spying on his roommates. And there's yeah. just no line. There's no through line from the way he was to this. He just starts doing this, and then you're kind of like, why is he doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, it, nobody ever at any point was was he, sort of like we really needed this money and think of the things we can do with this well, money. Yeah, their whole plan is just to blow but the, the money. Ones, yeah, yeah. The one scene, and that's the thing is that that's like that's a solid plan actually. Right. Like they, him and the Carrie, Carrie Fox and you and McCracken spend a bunch of the money, and yeah. then. 
Chris Eccleston comes home and is mad at them for spending a bunch of the money. And then Hugh McGregor, rightfully, one of the only times he's right in the movie, he's like, we should just spend all the money yeah. because we all have jobs and we don't need the money for rent. Right, that's and that's and that's another thing that separates us. I mean, from is other, it implied like, that the the bad guys find them because they've been spending the money? No, they find him no. through like they find the car, right? They torture and then they eventually yeah. get the information they, that they find the car through. They don't find they don't find him because they bought a TV or a video camera. Nope, yeah. it has they nothing find, to do. They with find that. them because they were going to find. They were inevitably going to find them anyway. Right. And and at this point in the movie, when Chris Eccleston is like, oh, "We shouldn't be spending this money," he doesn't know that right. there's, there's bad guys. guys. Chasing he, them. he might assume, like, well, you know, but I don't. You know, nobody knows anything. Yeah, and so there's no reason for him to be like. At that, this point, he's already disposed of the body. Is there a moral qualm here? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, right. You chopped up a body. Let's just spend all this money. So he's so he's up there drilling holes in the ceiling and just like spying on everyone through. And it just like this is just happening all of a sudden. But then Peter Mullen like and the other no guys show up. Yeah, Peter Mullen and the other guys show up. And uh, and they like punch everybody in the face and like tie, they tie him cracking in the in the lady up. And uh, and they're like, oh, the chickens have come home to roost. And but they go up into the attic uh, where Christopher Eck, where the attic creep is. Yeah. And he whacks them with attic, a ball peen hammer. Yeah. And he, he kills both of them. Yeah. And then he's got to cut up more bodies. More bodies. So now he's getting like more bodies to get cut up. So now he's getting real fucked up. And now the cops are starting to come around because they want to know what happened to the other guys. Yes. Yeah. What did you see? Because the they other... found that a car in front of your flat. Because there was like a robbery beneath them like the week before right. or something. They broke into the wrong place. They broke in the wrong place or whatever yeah. before they got uh, to the right like the, place. Like and... downstairs from yeah. so the So the cops do become involved, but it seems very like like sort of tossed off that the cops are involved. Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of cop involvement in these in these three movies, and I think for the better. There's a great scene in Bound mm-hmm. with the cops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Love but, those uh, cops. But... Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, the cops show up and are kind of like, eh? And they, the cops kind of think, like, something fishy what is are going on. But suspicious? also, like, what what do they think fishy is going on? I don't yeah. know. Then, then like, uh, they've buried the bodies and the bodies turn up. Yeah. Because these people dug them up or whatever. They were doing a, some construction and they, they dug the, the graves too shallow, Ewan. <laughs> too shallow. <laughs> the grave was too shallow. <laughs> the grave was too shallow, they Kramer. Do, they actually do have that argument. It's Kramer! ridiculous. <laughs> Kramer! 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 I told you to dig a deeper grave. If you drag it too shallow, there's a shallow grave. Well, I ran out of shovels. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, George is chopped up in the grave. <laughs> George is very psychotic here. <laughs> I told Newman to bury him in a door. Yeah, that's a funny headline. Uh, I think yeah. it's like three corpse horror or something yeah. like that is the headline on the newspaper. I think I think he works Damn. for like I think he works for like a shitty. You know, it's, yeah, he those, works for the newspaper. But those newspapers in in Britain are like known for being way shitty. And he's you know, like more, he's like, like assigned to the case too. He's assigned yeah. to write the story Which is of kind the murders. Of funny. Yeah, that's a lot funny. Of, a lot of the stuff in this movie, it's just it would be it's kind of the kind of thing where you're like, this could be good if. Like it was a little different in every sense, like because him it needs him, a hook, kind man. of. You know what I mean? And I don't mean like I, I still kind of enjoyed the movie, but you're sort of like what, like what? Okay, him getting him getting assigned to cover the thing where he the three dead bodies that he buried is a fucking great thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great twist. Yeah, but like up to that point, you have to also care about this guy. Right. You should care about the other. Who's objectively should, the worst of you the need three. to care about something. But th- but even that deep in the movie, all you're caring about is going like, ooh, a twist. Yeah, that's like the whole thing. You don't you don't you're not like I'm concerned about what will happen if he's on the case. And it's, I don't know. It's also yeah. got the the this problem where it's like, okay, you got these three people and they get a suit they they get a non licit suitcase full of money. There's there's not really anywhere for this <clears throat> to go 
that you could possibly not anticipate. You know what I mean? Like the the right. the simple the details, like who gets away with what and who gets killed by who. Sure, that's up in the air, but there's no way you watch the first 15 minutes of this movie and you're like, I'm sure this is gonna be fine. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's like it's that would have been something. There's just because because there's nothing to latch on to. Because it seems so aggressive about its style and nothing yeah. else, it's just kind of a big fat vaporware. There's like nothing yeah. going on here. It's and, weird. And then this is the, this, this is a nothing plot. It's, you could yeah. sum up the plot in two sentences, right? And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like you get confused. How? Why am I confused in this? <laughs> well, it's, it's just empty. It's also like because in people things where people find bags of money, like in a simple plan. Um, they they find the money and then like it, but it, they like need the money. Yeah, they're it's like a poor small people thing, but it really helps. Right, exactly. And that and no, but it really does. We need like this money. You feel like these characters need the money, and so they're like, so they're tearing each other apart for this little bit of money. Same yeah. thing in like Fargo. Fargo, yeah. You know where it's like it's always the case. Jerry needs the and you like you so you you through Fargo you're like there's desperation. Yeah. The Jerry character is the most desperate character, and you're like, so there's something to latch onto. You don't like Jerry, right? Exactly. You certainly don't support what he's doing, right? But you like understand. No confusion as to why he's doing. You this. understand his motives, yeah, his motivations, and that's, why the thing's happening. That's and then- real <laughs> basic shit. That is yeah. 101. Is like motivation, <laughs> character motivation, and like, there's none of it in this. Or movie. like even even in No Country, like setting aside the Tommy Lee Jones character. But you have, you know, Josh Brolin who whether finds, or not, money. finds the money, but also like the the sugar character is so scary and so evil and terrifying yeah. that it's like a moral force that you mm-hmm. are reckoning against. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas in this one, th- there's like a threat that's coming after them, and it's these two guys who get killed who get off killed right away. <laughs> And it's and like, then it's, and then the antagonist just becomes this other guy who lives there. Who, who could have just, expected that this money would turn these three assholes against each other? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Right. I mean, and that's the thing is that, like, in order for the money turning people against each other plot to work, right. you have to be invested in the people. Whether whether it's that you don't like them, whether it's whether it's even like a slasher film where you're like, I can't wait to watch these people tear each other apart. Right. It's you not. Know, there's you, nothing that delicious. You kind of don't even get that in this. You kind of just. You kind of like. I don't really care too much. Yeah. About any. Of the, I don't it's, care. It's I kind of don't care. Problem. I'm not. I don't. I'm I, not I, for I, or against these people yeah. necessarily. I'm just watching it. Right. I'm just watching this thing happen. So it's not like in Killing Zoe where you were angry and right. you wanted all the characters to shoot each other and <laughs> die and shit because you hated them. At least. They At were. least that's the fucking emotion. I was yeah. kind of angry. Because it's because it's there's that, but on top of that is the lack of uh, co- narrative cohesion, where characters just start doing things and you don't know why. Right when they start to really turn on each other and like he becomes more violent, it's sort of like, wait, why? Because he's this way yeah, now. Because now there's he's no a psycho. One, there's no yeah. be, this, this, these little details that a decent filmmaker would throw in there. Where you're like, oh, he's starting to turn. Oh, and you can see the progression. Now nah, he's just now he's attic. He's attic psycho. Well, now he's full psycho. Now he kind of likes his girlfriend or, or the lady again, and now and she's afraid of him, but now she likes him again, and she's leaving with him. But no, no, she not, she's not. And then you and McGregor's like, will you save me? And she's like, no. I'm leaving now. I'm a full on bat. Like, and you're like, I guess. Yeah. I've never, this character has never been established at all. Yeah. Nobody has ever had any motivation or explanation for why they do anything. So I she guess actually maybe has she's going to do this. She has the now. least amount of like motivation and, and, and like, yeah. uh, character 
whatever you want to call it, an arc, you know, because <laughs> she's the one who goes back and forth so so viscerally and so rapidly. Whereas, like, at least you, the Christopher Eccleston stuff kind of makes sense, you know, a little There's bit. There's at least a through line. There's there. a through line there, yeah, and Ewan McGregor is always a dickhead. So there I, you go. Then I guess he's the good guy at the end. I feel like I don't the, I don't like that's what's important. I feel like but. the Eccleston <laughs> character that it it make I feel like that makes sense. I don't think that they do it quite right, but I feel like it's like that, he, the fact that, he, the fact that yeah, you, the fact that he that there there is a story there where this right. guy's like got I'm kind of a boring guy, I'm normal, I'm not sure about this. Chop up this body. I chopped up a body. That kind of that will fuck up a person. And he yeah. kind of becomes more and more and then he becomes paranoid and there's this money and then he kills two more people and you're kind of like, yeah, I could okay, there's a there's a progression of him becoming crazy. Whereas the other two characters, although you posted that great clip of you and McGregor just hanging out <laughs> watching TV. It's yeah. really funny. I don't know if you uh, there's <laughs> just any, eating Pringles. There's no reason to like any of these characters but i guess i like ewan mcgregor's character the most because there's a funny scene where he's just eating pringles and drinking a beer and watching tv and, and he's like, watching i this, can like, relate to that he's watching this shitty game show where the <laughs> like the host always does the same jokes and he's like reciting the jokes yeah and it's he's also he's like way into it that really scene funny. that scene is quintessential like movie people watching a tv watching a tv show in a movie thing <clears throat> yeah because the, you know the act you can tell the actor is just trying to present this thing but he's not actually interacting with the show right so it'd be like it's time for <laughs> lose a million and then the, like the host comes out and he's like hello everybody and you and McGregor's like ha, 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 ha. And he's like he, he just said hello everybody what's funny and then he'll be like all right let's bring out our first contestants he's like ha, 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 ha. I love this show he's and laughing because like, he's just trying to present that he's yeah. enjoying the show but him watching it makes no sense well I, I would say well that- the show is also about like some stupid dumbass game show where they object <laughs> is to right. lose the most money and it's <laughs> yeah. like alright uh, I get it but fuck this <laughs> this is a stupid movie well, see you can lose the most quid <laughs> uh, <laughs> they call them quid they sure do it's a stupid country <laughs> Uh, but well, so I guess we you could probably say after this through this discussion we could say the same thing about uh, that Danny Boyle is is not if not fully formed is like this, this is quintessential Danny Boyle mm-hmm. shit in this movie which yep. is that like and it's his movie. His movies are he. He doesn't write his own movies. So the yeah. other filmmakers we're talking about this time are writer director teams. And Danny Boyle has the same writers on a lot of movies. Oh God knows why. I'm sure some of I'm them. sure he's got a lot of input into <laughs> the scripts. Right, why. probably. But but it's like he's not actually. So it it is his movies being good or bad are more script dependent mm-hmm. where you're kind of like he's and he's kind of doing the same thing in every movie but it's sort of like well here we go here's this thing you know he has stylistic tics like the weird video game thing mm-hmm. in the beach or oh my god fucking bullshit like that. horrendous there's a recurring thing in his <laughs> movies where people like flip out and go and su- surrender yeah. to madness and it's never makes sense he's been bad at articulate this happens in the beach it happens in 28 days yeah. later and it, every time it happens you're like i guess he's crazy now yeah. I, I it happens in steve jobs where steve jobs murders everybody <laughs> Barrel at the end of it, <laughs> but uh, I mean, but Steve Jobs comes across okay because I mean, w- you know, whatever. Say what you will about Sorkin, he can structure a thing, sure, and that has like a real great Sorkin-y structure to it, and so the so it works because you're like, right. oh, okay. And they it, invent the iPod at the end, and it's like it's great. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's and in uh, Fastbender's <laughs> Fastbender's good. He's good, know. yeah. Uh, and then his daughter at the end is uh, BB from uh, BB Kill Bill. Oh, uh, it's uh, BB-8. It's BB-8. <laughs> and then, then they invented BB-8 in that movie, yeah. too, in the Steve Jobs movie. Oh, we, ne- we never thought it was so weird. In hindsight, it's very <laughs> strange that Steve Jobs' daughter was played by BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to create a thing that'll put 10,000 songs into your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but remember how there's a new robot in uh, uh, the... 
uh, Rise of Skywalker? There's a new cute no. robot. Dio. It's like, it's like nah, you're a different robot. I was abused, and you're like, fuck. This <laughs> it's, it's J.J. Abrams <laughs> that does that robot. You know, God, fuck, is it? Yeah, it's him. It's oh, his go voice. Fuck yourself, J.J. Abrams. Yep. Uh, fuck that guy. I know you love J.J. I hate him now. Anyway, <laughs> all these roles are gonna be my friends that lost bets to, that I lost bets to myself and my and my like my friends' kids. Uh, anyway, <laughs> fuck you all. <laughs> anyway, Stuff back that to even my buddy Greg Grunberg won't do. I'll do. <laughs> but, uh, but then, but then, uh, Shallow Grave ends with uh, them. You McGregor actually gets away with the money. Well, she she kills <laughs> Carrie Fox kills uh, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. yeah, Christopher Eccleston is flipping out. He's flipping out. He stabs Ewan McGregor, stabs him to the... Pins him to the pins ground. Pins him to the ground, much like uh, M.M. at Walsh's well, hand is pinned to the windowsill. McGre- Ewan McGregor had taken the money. Yeah, well, we don't know that yet. Yes. Well, we, we know that he took the money, but she takes the money from him. And Eccleston yeah. doesn't even really ever kind of care about the money. It's just him going crazy. Yeah, he just it seems like out. he doesn't... It's a problem. He's not... Yeah. <laughs> and then Carrie Fox leaves... She, she steals the money and leaves. She, well, okay. She bought a plane ticket. She bought a plane ticket earlier. This is the, one of the only parts of this movie that I do like is like Ian McGregor, Ian McGregor's pinned to the, uh, the to the ground and she comes over. And again, we don't know who this person is. This has been a whole movie where she's one of the main characters. You don't know what she is as a person. Yeah. And she's like, "Ooh, maybe I'll help you." And he's like, I "Please take the knife out of my shoulder. <laughs> it's a it's a wee it's a, a wee thought in me side here." And she's like, she touches the knife and yeah. just sort of touches it. And you're like, what's she doing? And she's like, ah, guess what? I'm leaving with the money. That, that's who I am, apparently. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no. And she takes her shoe off. <laughs> Your Scottish accent sounds just like me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hear that a lot. Yeah. And and she can takes put, her can, shoe you can, off. Can you put the soundtrack to Braveheart behind you doing your <laughs> Scottish accent? Then it, would, then it would sound right to me. It's what I do in the mirror all the time. <laughs> No, old men live, or whatever he says. Uh, but she takes her shoe off and pounds the yeah. uh, the knife further, so pinning yeah. him even further into the ground. Right. And this is some of the stuff that I did enjoy because Ewan McGregor is in a lot of pain, and this is actually what would happen if you got pinned to the ground with a knife. He's just like, ah, he can't do shit. Yeah. Like, you'd think he would be able to, his other hand is free. You'd think he could just reach over right. and grab the knife and pull it out, but he's like, nope. Pure agony. Hurts, I can't yeah. do anything. So she splits with the money. Oh, what she thinks is the money. What she, what thinks, she thinks. How does she money. kill Eccleston? I've forgotten already. Stabs him through the knife. Through stabs him through the throat. Oh, with the yeah. drill. So you see, like the tip of his knife. Yeah. Oh, it's a, no, it's a drill or no, something. No, Christopher or? Eccleston drills you and McGregor's he- head, forehead. Forehead in another right. incredibly stupid scene. Oh, and this then is, the knife. The point of the knife comes through. That was cool. It's I like pretty that. cool. Where the, where the knife. The point. You just see the point of the it's knife come through effect. his throat, and then yeah, and some blood dribbles out and stuff. I'm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But there's yeah. a there's a part earlier on when it's kind of like, oh, Christopher Eccleston has become a full on psycho, where he like pulls this drill out and he just starts going, Voof! and he's like eight feet away from you and McGregor, and he starts walking slowly to him. He's like, I'm crazy. I'm gonna Ewan walk towards you like this, and if you get drilled <laughs> in the head, it's your the fault. <laughs> maybe the thing to do would be I get out of the way, and that does not occur to you and McGregor, so he gets drilled a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Uh, so, anyways, at the end, he's he's pinned to the floor, and you just get you get some. Well, no, but she she gets away she with gets what away. she thinks is the money, but then she opens it and it's just a bunch of newspapers, and then so yeah. she's so then she but then she's still just leaving to Rio or wherever. Yeah, she still gets on the plane to Rio. She's like still split. gonna go, but without money, but presumably with the money that she has from being a doctor. Yeah, yeah. she's probably because she, none of them ever needed money at any point. They like, were <laughs> solidly middle class. She, she's not leaving with those millions. But there's just the move. The movie doesn't ever give you the sense that like these people are fighting over this money until it's like. Wants to, and then goes like, now, now it's about the money. Right. But for like a long po- period of this movie, it's not about the money it's at just, all. Yeah. 
They, they even, it's a there's problem. even a scene where they spend a bunch of the money you're having fun. Right. And you're like, they just kind of are like, we're just going to spend this money? Because we don't need it. Because <laughs> we don't need it. <laughs> we all have solid jobs. <laughs> and then Eccleston gives the last the voiceover at the end as he gets uh, as he gets put into a deep freeze. Oh, yeah. They're putting him in the morgue, yeah. 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 And he gives the voiceover at the end, and then Ewan McGregor is laughing as the cops come in or taking pictures, and he's still alive. He knows that the money is under the floorboards. Because then it tracks, you know, pans down, and the, there's a cutaway of the floor, and the money is yeah. in the floor, and... Some of his blood's dripping on it, and there you go. It's like blood. The money. refrain that's repeated at the beginning and at the end is. These people is, are. Is these a people go thing. a little blood simple in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing, but it basically ends with, "If you cannot trust your friends, what then? What then? Yeah. Who gives and that's a shit? How it Get better and, friends. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar such an voiceover to the stuff in Train Spotting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, but I think, Train Spotting a much better. more successful film. Much, much better. Yeah. Although a movie that I've never loved entirely, sure. and even when it came out, I remember like not liking it at the time. And I think part of that was because it was like it's very flashy, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, I wanted to be like a hardcore exploration. You know, I wanted to right, be right, right. Dirty. You wanted to be a requiem for to, a dream. Well, I wanted to be like breaking the waves or something. Uh, you know, at the, you know, something that's like fucked. People are fucked up when they're on heroin, and it's all fucked up. It's not a fun cartoon style yeah. war. And I watched it when I was older, and I'm like, no, this is fine. This, yeah, is, this fun. is good. This yeah. is way more fun than that movie that I think I wanted to watch right, yeah. when I was 17. What did, why would I want to watch that movie? An asshole. Yeah, well. uh, Got yeah. any more? That's it. Oh, uh, uh, quote-wise. Yeah, here's a, here's a part in it where um, they're well, talking friend. They're talking about the guy who's just died in their place and, and, she, and the, the, the lady is maybe going like, we, we need to find out if he has any family or friends before we, you know, just to find out what to do with the buddy. And uh, you <laughs> and McGregor goes, family, friends, drugged up, wandering, suicidal search for the self fuck ups. Don't have families, David. I guess it's David that was saying it. Uh. <laughs> uh, it's a little writerly like that. Sometimes there'll be like a well, he is a journalist. Oh, somebody wrote so, that. Oh, you know. Uh, and then there's a there's a part in it where uh, Christopher Eccleston. This is I, this maybe is intended to be a scene showing him turning mm-hmm. as a person but where they're at this party and like some like friend of the ladies comes up and is like oh, I'd, I'd like oh, to yeah, talk yeah, to you yeah. guys and Christopher Eccleston just like flips out and starts yelling at him and stuff yeah. and then Ewan McGregor goes that was great you really explored your maleness to the full there <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> and then Ewan like McGregor wants gets to tug on that thread him. you know by like maybe there's yeah. a sexual thing going on between the three of them and it just sort of ignores that it's it a lot sure of does. stuff that's what I'm saying there's a lot of stuff in this movie where it's like almost a movie it feels like yeah. maybe, maybe the write a second draft yeah it's like or we could have draft we could have made all second. these decisions and decided to make none of the decisions <laughs> <laughs> you know right it just it feels like there's a lot of stuff where you go like what that seems not very fleshed out right. it does se- yeah feels like a first draft where yeah. you just you go over this again and you go oh, like oh shit there's connections that need to be made here yeah 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 ratings <sighs> i was going to go i was going into this with 3 juds i'm coming Jeez. out with two and a half <clears throat> right down the middle I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's a total wash. There are some stylistic ticks I enjoy. Most of them I don't. I think that some of the performances are pretty good. Others are terrible. Like McCracken sucks in this. This is one of, <laughs> you know, he, you know, it's 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 fifty fifty with with you and McCracken. Like That's sometimes right. he's good. Other times it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, this is a bad one. Um, but I like Carrie Fox, and I thought Eccleston was good, even though like he's he's got the hardest role to play, and it's a it's a you know he's got the at least he's got some kind of an arc. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know I like some of the visual ticks. Other than that, there's not. It's fine. Yeah. I'm what Douglas's. I don't even know. There's Here's some boobies. You see Carrie yeah, Fox's right. boobies. But it's, it's you, very. You can see Christopher. It's very not, again, it's, it's like very it, gratuitous. It's, it's just sort of like here's she's naked, and then you're like, 
It is wh- t- totally for, gratuitous. To, to what? For, and to like, what end? but it's in front of one of the other guys. I think it's to show the closeness of the. Yeah, you know, like it's, I'll give it a half a Douglas. Christopher Eccleston's butt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. also gratuitous. <laughs> Uh, There's not even anything particularly like uh, creepy or weird. In yeah. The movie, you know? No. Even though it's about an attic weirdo for like <laughs> <laughs> attic weirdo. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten unavoidable drills. Yeah. Just get out of just step six step inches aside. to the side, idiot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, one and a half Juds. <laughs> Saw that coming. I do not like this movie <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I'm not a huge Danny Boyle fan, but this is one of my least favorite Danny Boyle movies. Uh, I remember when Train Spotting came out, uh, I had several like f- fellow film right. Uh, we're like, oh, you got to see Shallow Grave. Yes, and, yeah, the and same so, thing happened and, to and me. Like the thing to the cool thing to do would be like Train Spotting is good, but Shallow Grave is uh-huh. better, and that is fucking insane. Yeah, this, yeah. This just no, that happened with the Matrix too. Except we were all right when we were like, you, you really got to see Bound. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's better per se, but it's certainly uh, right. Uh, you know. You definitely check this out. Train spotting's full of all kinds of fun stuff. This yeah. movie sucks, and is very small and limited. Uh, give it one and a half Douglases, just because wow. there's boobs and a butt. Whatever. That's, that's a lot. It really carries you a long way. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I count I like boobs and butt. Uh, absolutely. Um, and then I'm gonna give it. Uh, uh, three bloody three corpse horror. Ooh, three corpse horror <laughs> yeah. headlines. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go two and a half. I went. I came in with three too, and then as, or as we discussed it, I'm like, eh. we talked but you I down again. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, I don't. Ha- I don't, no, hate, I don't it. hate it. I just kind of was like, I. Enj- I honestly like liked watching it. And again, this is movie's not very long. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, eh, but it was sort. Of, it's also sort of like, but but why? I realized I was so indifferent to it that I couldn't go three. Yeah, that's basically where I'm coming down. Also, just like talking, just going like, you yeah, know, this fucking makes any goddamn sense. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna go like one Douglas just for the aforementioned button boobs. But it's really, it's they're not even there's it's non-sexual. There is one part where Chris Eccleston is like spying on her, yeah, like as she's like changing clothes or whatever. But it doesn't even. But you don't but, see anything. But it doesn't go. You don't. Well, first of all, you don't <laughs> see anything. But it doesn't go down that avenue. You yeah. know, it doesn't go. No, it's, it's like not, he doesn't go pull, the, he doesn't go full perv or anything on right. Her. The movie's not committed enough to one of the th- hundreds of things right. that it's trying to do to make a full thing out of it. So you're like you're left with a thing where it's like we kind of we wanted to do this kind of movie, but also have an attic weirdo movie, but then also this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this go. was the biggest box office hit in England that year. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it was a sensation. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I love, I loved it when I saw it in high school. I remember, I don't, and I didn't remember most of it when I watched it the other night. And so it was kind of like when, and then uh, watching it again, understanding why. Like, oh yeah, well, it's not, it's not very memorable, but it's something that we all remembered. Like, oh, Shallow Grave was the one though, isn't yeah. that the one where there's some hardcore stuff happens in it? And you know, go, yeah, it's not, not really. <laughs> Man, I'd starved, seen, and I'd starved for entertainment I'd in the UK. I'd seen fucking Reservoir Dogs before. Well, sure. Reservoir Dogs is, was Bo's band in the UK at that point. Why? Well, it's a whole story about that. Right, Look it up. We'll get to that. It's because um, he, he slanders the queen. In it. <laughs> I'm going to give it... Uh, backward country. I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 uh, uh, naked naked, uh, naked dongs. Oh. 10 out of 10 <laughs> oh, naked... forgot about the Naked, do- naked, dead, dead, naked dead dudes. Naked dead, dead dong dong. dudes. Naked dead dong dudes. Naked, naked, naked dead, dead dong dudes. dudes. Oh, and also I had a question for you guys. So there's three of us. There's three of them. Who 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 are we in this situation? Oh, Which Jesus Christ! Are, Travis to, is clearly your, attic weirdo. You choose your fight. Choose your fighter. <laughs> choose your fighter. Who do we think? Who's, no, I think I'm the doctor. I think you're you and McCracken, and I think you're attic weirdo. Who's 
Ewan McCracken. Travis? I'm, no, you're Ewan McCracken. I'm Carrie Fox. Travis is, Travis is Christopher Eccleston. Travis is You've done three different variations. Did I fuck it up? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, Carrie Fox. Let's well, who, say all these characters are universal, and any one of us could be any one of them. Because I would, I, would I, would, I would pick Attic Weirdo, because that seems like the most fun. <laughs> he, he gets to look through all the holes that he, he made. He gets to do the most. And, but, and everybody else in the house still just lives in the house. And it's like, <laughs> I guess this is what's happening now. I don't know. I just want to be the one that kills and or wounds and or betrays both of you. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's believable. Yeah, I guess and then I'll be the one who gets away with the money. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you uh, survive, that's another just weird thing where like the cops like show up and they're like taking pictures of him and stuff, and he's still got the knife. You could totally die. And from it was that. just like, help him. Why are you? Well, ever, why is nobody helping? So that him? that was actually before we before we leave Shallow Grave behind forever. That was something that Sophie brought up, well, because she, she thought that he was dead, and I that like, yeah. and that him that because the cops are taking pictures of him, and that him like smiling and stuff is like. Is like his, you know, he's dead. He's actually dead. It's a possibility. Oh, sure. And fine. I was like, and I was kind of like, what? And then I looked on Wikipedia, and it's like, no, it says that then he's alive. But then I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. I mean, because it, it could work because he is just pinned to the ground, and you're like, there's no reason for him, first of all, to have not pulled that knife out, and also to say something. Yeah, the to the first cops, like, thing those I'm people, I'm still alive, or whatever. Yeah. And the cops are just sort of standing there casually looking at him, and at one point yeah. he says to the cop, he's like, hello, detective, constable, whatever, and the guy just like stares back at him and doesn't even respond. Yeah. So that might be what he's trying to do, yeah. but it's poorly If, it's if poorly that's a thing, it's poorly articulated, and yeah, yeah. if it is a poorly articulated thing, it sucks. Well, if there it, you go. <laughs> if, it, if it is a thing, and it's poorly articulated, it is in keeping with the spirit of the entire movie. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's all over like, piece. Like, eh? How about how about that? How about like, that? Well, what, what is that? Sure. What it? What? Okay. How, how about it? What is it? So speaking of going from a movie that is that is apparently about a hundred things and is entirely half-assed to a movie that is as tight as you can as tight as you can fucking make a movie. Pretty much, boy, yeah. oh kind boy. of just like a movie that is just like so fucking tightly written and constructed. It's a bullet. Yeah, it's this movie is fuck. great. Yeah, it's like um, it's bound. Bound. Something's going to come along like it was made for you. Something that's going to fit you like a glove. And that part of you that you got hidden away right now, that part of you that we know ain't straight, that's never going to be straight, is going to whisper in your ear. Just three little words. I want out. Hi, my name's Violet. We heard you working in here, and I was just wondering if you'd like a cup of coffee. An open invitation like Violet comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> what the fuck is... Corky, this is Caesar, Caesar Corky. Uh, I thought... Fucking dark in here. Fucking bound. Do you this movie from the Wachowskis. This movie is is like they had a hundred years of ideas that they just had that, that they finally had a chance to get out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it feels like it's it had been like worked on just, forever. Yes. They uh unbelievable. They yeah, and like I there's well, I watched this interview there's an interview on the Blu ray with uh, Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon. It's worth checking National out. National Treasure Gina Gershon. Worth checking Fuck out. Yeah. But like but Jennifer Tilly's is a real treat in that interview because she's hilarious. And and she you see you seem like you seem like Jennifer Tilly would be the 
at the same time the most fun and the worst person to be hanging to be spending time with. <laughs> oh yeah, you're like yeah, well, it'd be it would vacillate. You'd be like, oh, this is so great, and then maybe you'd be like, oh no, what is she doing now? But uh, from what I can gather, Jennifer Tilly is a hundred percent Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> She's exactly <laughs> what you think she is. Just a maniac. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm a human cartoon. Uh, but I highly recommend checking out that interview. It's really funny. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say, <laughs> but there's something about uh, we're talking about that. How anyway? This is oh, the, she's she's talking in the interview about how this movie kind of came it came out barely, yeah. and then became a huge cult hit um, later on video. But she was talking about how oh, it was marketed to 18 year old boys, right. and I was oh, like, absolutely. and I was like, I saw this when I was an 18 year old boy. And but I, part of the reason I saw it was because Siskel and Ebert like raved about it on their show, and Ebert put it in his like top ten list. And so yeah. I wasn't only watching it because I'd seen the. But you know, c- you kind of go into it going like, oh, there's going to be some these these ladies are going to be in this like hot lesbian yeah. tryst. But you don't think you're going to see like this the one of the best like tightly made thrillers you've ever seen in your life. Like that was that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be good. And these are first time directors, the Wachowskis. So mm-hmm. You're like, who are, who are these? Who are these people? Mm-hmm. Where are they coming from? They're coming from writing assassins, right, or whatever, you know. That's right. Yeah. Like, which I which I've still never seen, and I'm sure is whatever it's it is. But good. it's like a yeah. you know mid '90s Stallone vehicle, and those aren't yeah. generally good. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, was the last time you watched the fucking Specialist or even thought about it? Uh, Never mind. Not you. Well, yeah, not you. Say. You're not definitely you. looking at the wrong guy. Sorry. No. I'm, I mean. I, I mean. I'm. I'm I mean. Because. Because. They can't see what we're looking at. So, like, the li- for the listener, when's the last time you even thought of the movie The Specialist? Not Matt specifically, who probably thinks about it daily. I mean, it's a, he <laughs> wakes up in the morning thinking about it. It's quite, it's quite the, it's quite the picture. Ah, uh, Ray he, Quick. He wakes up in the morning, looks, like, looks under his covers, and goes, "Ah, The Specialist." The specialist. <laughs> that movie is so great. He takes the bus everywhere. It's uh, got a John anyway. Barry score. But uh, <laughs> oh my god, Rod but, yeah. Steiger. Oh, so boy. The, the Wachowskis had written Assassins. Yeah. And I think they got a bunch of money from that, and then they wanted they they sold this to Dino De Laurentiis, mm-hmm. and they tried. It was like they tried to get it sold to a bunch of studios, and the studios were constantly going like, "Well, if the uh, if you change the one of the ladies to a guy, yeah." This and they is, were always like, they were always like, like, "This is the whole the time point. where this would have been very edgy." Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it was funny that it sold to eighteen year old boys, and then like that's you can I fucking you can loved tell it when the, I was you can absolutely boy. tell the math that they used to justify making this yeah where they're like this is actually going to push people's buttons but some people at this point in time do think this is hot mm-hmm. so we'll get to we'll get to make a thing you know we'll make some money off of that and the and the Wachowskis were like yeah you'll make some money off of that we'll get to do the stuff that we want to do mm-hmm. yeah and everybody wins right and yeah. and they and that did happen and they famously so. shot that the 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 sex scene uh between the two Leads like they shot that um, in that one that one yeah. long take on uh, on, on purpose on, so they inten- couldn't intentionally cut it. so that uh, Dino De Laurentiis couldn't like later go in and like cut cut like oh, close ups awesome. of like body doubles and stuff and put it in there because they were like yeah. they were like that way it will be first plus it's also just a fucking amazing, amazing already yeah. shot but it's like really cool and it and it like. So that way they wouldn't be able to chop it up and like sell it to like other right. uh, That's what territories would do. and shit. They, they'd have to. Yeah, exactly. They'd have to cut the whole scene or mm-hmm. nothing. Right, yeah. and so it's <laughs> and like, you can't cut that scene because yeah. this is where our money's coming from, baby. Exactly. Yeah, That's and genius. I mean, and I mean, it's also it is it is like a graphic scene, but it's also like is like the core. You know, you wa- that scene is like it's an important sex scene. It's graphic, it's not, it's but not, it's not gratuitous. It's not gratuitous. Exactly. And it's, it's very hot. It's super sexy. Yeah, and it's romantic. <laughs> it's not like you it's, know. Yeah, it's all of those things. It's very, it's very good. One of the best sex scenes ever in an American motion picture. Yeah. It's really amazing and just sort of like t- kudos to everybody because that's a complicated shot yeah. and those actors had to do that 
well, it goes guess, all the way around them. I'm assuming all day, if not for multiple days. Uh, yeah, I mean they 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 had sections of the wall that could be moved in and put moved out and put <laughs> back in. So that's how around. that's how they're circling around. These them the whole ladies got to be fully naked and probably like sprayed down <laughs> with like the sweat. And then, mm-hmm. and then just like, and then you know, pretending to be having sex, having to do that, especially as a first-time filmmaker, too, like make that set comfortable enough for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's no, it's no, no mean trick. Jennifer Tilly does talk about that too in the interview, where she's like, "Well, she's like, yeah, and it was, it was supposed to be a closed set, and she's like, what I didn't realize is that closed set, like there were only like three people on set, but then every, but then there were like forty people at the video watching the monitors, <laughs> watching the monitors." <laughs> <sighs> she laughs about it, right. so it sure. apparently it wasn't like a story that was like this right, was like right. a betrayal or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so she's she, still furious about it. She pauses. <laughs> she, she tells the story as a funny anecdote or right. whatever. So, so I, don't, I don't mean to make it sound like the Wachowskis like betrayed Jennifer Tilly's trust or something. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean on the actual set there weren't there weren't like hundreds of people like leering at them yeah there's a there's a scene to my mind that's even hornier than this but it's all it's all kind of like through symbolism but i i like laughed out loud and this is during the early in the movie uh jennifer this is like a classic film noir sort of trope where like the 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 handyman comes over the handyman Mm -hmm. and the femme fatale is brazenly uh coming on to the to the guy except the handyman in this case is gina gershon she's doing the she's doing the she's snaking the drain too in this scene right no Uh, no, there is a scene where she snakes the drain and it kind of looks like that scene from the Matrix with all the black oh, yeah. goo. Oh yeah, it stuff. absolutely yeah. looks like this. One hundred. But this, no, this yeah. is this, this is a scene where she, she's fixing her pipe. Right, she's, right, right. No, she's getting her earring out of the pipe, and she's like, she's like yeah. screwing, unscrewing the pipe, and the water's pouring and over her. And you see Jennifer hands. Tilly's leg, and Jennifer Tilly has been very direct mm-hmm. about what her intentions. And you see her legs like, and, and this yeah. is, it's very funny because Gina Gershon is constantly going like, "What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, are you fucking kidding me with this shit?" And she's like, "Yeah, you're hot. I mean, okay, but this is weird." <laughs> And then Jennifer Telly's legs like step in, step yeah. in the back, and you, and then you just see this close up of Gina Gershon's hands, and water is just pouring all over. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my! That's God. really the the focus on the their hands is really important in this movie. It's all over the movie. There's oh, all yeah. these shots oh, yeah. of hands because the hands are how they have sex with each other. That's right. Yeah. And, and and the and like the differences between their you know Corky yeah. is like the is like Butch, and she's from yeah. she's been in prison, and she's got these hands that have seen shit yeah jennifer tilly's hands you know she's like oh. i think they even talk about yeah they talk about it yeah point, but know? it's like they there's there's i mean there's a line there on the commentary track that i had on the laser disc mm-hmm. which is how i bought this movie when it first came out wow yeah i had a laser because i had like the unrated it had an unrated cut on laser disc and they had its commentary with this with this woman who was like uh uh I like think that's sex. That's, it's on. That's on the Blu-ray. It's on the too, Blu-ray yeah. now. It's like she was like a sex expert or something like that, who was like a consultant that they brought in to help them uh, with she, stuff. She apparently allegedly like choreographed right the the sex scene, oh, and wow. she specifically says on the commentary, she's like, "Hands are cock in this movie." Yeah. I'm constantly saying that to people. <laughs> That's what she says. I, just, I remember a very I said that to people on the street. And so cock. The, the, the focus on that is is deliberate. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, everything. Nothing in this movie is not right. Deliberate. Sure, there's, there's nothing There's like there. nothing. It's like it's like I said about uh, Blood Simple, where you you know, there's not. I don't think there's a wasted shot in Blood Simple, but I think that it's even more the case in this movie. Yeah. There's not a wasted frame in this movie that's like not there to either to either like drive home their their burgeoning relationship mm-hmm. or to like ratchet up t- tension mm-hmm. in some way just just to bring it back to the beginning again this this, this movie is plot. astonishing 
from the first second. Oh yeah, because there's a sh- the, like the way that they do the title credits. The title credits. Is this amazing yeah. camera like sweeping around with these blocky letters. It is instant. You're just like holy and the, yeah. shit. And the music's great. And the music is fucking amazing. And by then Don done. Davis, who did the Matrix movies mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know then, then the next shot's that. that crazy shot from the top of the closet. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? And what is it? Because oh. it's like not immediately clear what you're yeah, looking at. Yeah. You can't tell. It. Oh. Yeah. And then you it's see Corky incredible. tied up at the bottom of the closet. And they nail yeah. this stuff a hundred percent too. It's not like they tried a thing and it's kind of cool. Right. They nail this shit a hundred percent. It looks amazing. And also yeah. back the movies, it wasn't as prominent as it is now because now it's everywhere. But a movie starting in the middle right. and going back. That's true. You know. Yeah. And so watching this I, now, you go like, oh, that's like how half of the episodes right. of Breaking Bad. Right towards the end, right. where it'd be like twenty four hours earlier, or but this every is episode like, of Alias, <laughs> right? But this is like Corky's like waking up and then passing out, and you kind of yeah. they check back in on her in the club. You don't know how she got there until like you know much later, yeah. later in the movie, because the first and the first part of the movie is sort of just like these women flirting mm. and becoming sexually involved, and then it becomes. This gangster, yeah, then, like, this gangster heist movie, and like, which just sort of pops into the movie in the middle, like all of a sudden in the middle of the night, here they come. They got this guy with the money, and you know, like, well, that's the, there's the earlier it. scene where they're like banging his head into the, they're yeah. smashing his head into the, um, the toilet. toilet. Fucking Chris, Christopher Maloney. Yeah. They cut his fingers Chris, off. Chris Johnny. Yeah, uh, but they're, yeah, they're gonna cut his finger. I'm gonna ask you ten questions. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, they, this takes place in Chicago, by Chicago, the way. The yeah. only person doing a Chicago accent is Joey Pants. He, but he's, but really he's doing a fucking Chicago I'm accent. definitely from fucking Chicago there. Hey, bye. I hey, love, fix me a drink, hey, bye. Fix me a fucking I love, drink here. I love Give me the Joey Gypsum's Pants. Malort. I love Joey Pants in this movie so much. I he's constantly, great. whenever I walk into a dark, <laughs> whenever I walk into a dark room, I always say, it's fucking dark in here. Fucking <laughs> dark in here, there. I mean, when he says that there's more context in the movie because he comes in and he's he's furious that- uh, That there's somebody that in there's the apartment somebody in the with Violet. He thinks it's a man and he's, he's pissed off and he's going to fight this guy and he goes, and then he sees that it's Corky and he goes, oh- it's just you. It's fucking dark in here. Of course, they were getting up to something be- right before that, but he, he's I such definitely a, got nothing to worry about here for he's, sure. He's so narrow-minded that he has no idea what's going on, you know, which <laughs> yeah. is like, which is why it's important that they're both women, which is why you couldn't just take this script and then go, right. well, change it to a man. It's right, a man right. instead, because it's the whole point is that they're women, and the whole point is that they're underestimated by these, by these, by these, by these, much, by these much stupider men. Yeah. The whole time, yeah. You got to assume when the Wachowskis were shopping this around that they just knew that that was going to be the question that they would get constantly, and they sure. had to, and they had to like get through these meetings without, <laughs> and like they would inevitably get that question, yeah, and have yeah. to like calmly go like, "Well, here's the thing: <laughs> can we change one of these people to a man?" I know you've probably heard this yeah. a dozen times already. <laughs> the notoriously shy Wachowskis, who, who yeah. then, who then, you know, a two year, a couple years later, but partly, partly on because of this movie were allowed to, like... Go crazy. Because I think that, like, probably Joel, Joel Silver... Silver had written. I mean, they'd written Assassins for Joel mm-hmm. Silver, and so I think you... And they'd been working on The and Matrix. And they made that... They had written that to direct. They intended to make that movie. The, oh, yeah. Assassins. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, is that right? That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but then they... So they... Would've but then they, they had been working on The Matrix forever, mm-hmm. before Bound, even. But, the, I mean, Bound was, like, a movie they were making. A lot of I think I read somewhere there's this... You know, there's always this rumor going around that, like, Bound was, like, their tryout movie. Like, they were, they were going to make this to show they could make a movie, and they, they totally refute that. They're like, no, we wanted to make Bound. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I think people go, like... People see first movies and go, like, oh, well, they didn't... They they just want to get that one out of the way to show that they could make a real movie, which right. is a... Apparently, and, you know, which is a big-budget studio movie, and you're like, ah, well, first of all, I like Bound more than The Matrix. Right. It's 
it's a better it's a it's a tighter and better movie right but also like oh, f- fuck you that's not how movies are made <laughs> and like third, nobody just makes a, a movie nobody makes a movie this good right and it's like this is just us giving here's our tryout right it's hard and to, more yeah. to the more to the point you want to tell me that this movie was easy to get made right yeah, i don't right? think so no <laughs> no it took a long time for them to get it made yeah and it has a low budget, but it's not like a low right. budget. But I mean, just the content—the content stuff. of it now seems like not that interesting. Not, like, that's the wrong word to use. Like not that, not that scandalous. Uh, but in 1990, whatever, yeah, whatever, radical. But in 1995, <clears throat> 96, this yeah. would have been like scandalizing. It's the only thing people were talking about yeah. about the movie. I mean, you'd read reviews and they'd be like, "Yeah, it's very good, actually." But like when it when right, it came but it was out, always it was it's actually good. And just yeah, that's yeah, that's how they would <laughs> well, put the it. Turns out yeah. because it because it like is sold as like this like erotic thriller caper right. about lesbians so it's like ooh, right. and is, ooh it, is it okay gonna, to put that lesbian stuff in movies so ooh, people that's, can see it ooh that's gonna be hot and kind is of that like, legal kind right. of weird and you then know. you watch the movie and like honestly like it's the Wachowskis again they you watch this and this is like informs all of their movies since then. oh because, absolutely because like generally generally they're 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 good hearted mm-hmm. like they they like they always genuinely like their characters and they want them to like live through a movie and stuff even like a gangster movie like this there's no there's not a cynical bone in this it's like when you they care about these two women and they want them to fucking fuck these mobsters over yeah Yeah. and you're worried about them they're as worried about them as you are while you're watching the movie the filmmakers are like we want them to we want them to win but you know that happens in the matrix like Mm -hmm. you know they want they like love they love these people and in a dumb way, sometimes it's always you know, when it's you always see quite earnest parties and shit. Or, it's always earnest, or like fucking Speed Racer, which yeah. is a which is a fucking mixed bag. Or like if there ever was one, where I'm, when I'm like, I hope Mila Kunis <laughs> and Channing Tatum get through this. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that whatever not, this is. I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying you care about them. I'm saying that they do. Right. I'm saying For that. Sure. I'm saying that the Wachowskis like love their characters, even in these ridiculous sci-fi movies, even in Speed Racer, yeah. where like I'd seen that movie a couple times and then I watched it again and was like, man, I never noticed how great John Goodman and Susan Sarandon are in this. Also, John Goodman and Susan Sarandon play the parents in Speed Racer, <laughs> and they have scenes where I'm I'm like tearing up. I'm going, like, Jesus Christ, you right. guys, this is very good. Well, this is very good for a movie that I don't think is very good. The Wachowskis always put the emotions at the very forefront. Yeah. I mean, they're always sort of hard on their sleeve filmmakers. But they do that in this, and I think that <clears> like, <throat> but this is also like just a fucking great like caper movie. Yeah. And so you kind of you kind of can almost not see that the first time you watch it. It really, it really kind of takes a break from the. the it, it does feel like two different parts because you get this early stuff with this sort of like noirish romance yeah. between uh, Tilly and Gershon, and then once it becomes the Joey Pants show, it's really the Joey Pants show for a big solid block. Yeah, yeah. Where everyone else is just sort of like pinging, like uh, reacting well, so, to whatever. So he's much, doing. Of, has so the much of plan. the women's plot in that part of the movie is just them looking at each other yeah. or being separated by a wall and hearing each other. Yeah. Oh no, or, this or got like, out of hand. Or like. Uh, Jennifer Tilly wanting to call yeah Corky on the other side of the like going you know wanting to call her but then not wanting to call, you know like because the plan is like kind of working but kind of not it's that great thing and I hadn't seen this in movies before this really either I know that there are probably is an example before this but they do it all the time right. now where like they're going like okay we can do this here's how it's going to work out and as they're figuring out the plan 
the movie is showing you the scenes that are happening right. and then she's going, well, that might not work or maybe this will work. And, you know, and, and so you're seeing the movie happen as she's explaining yeah. the plan. You're seeing the plan work out, which then, you know, the oceans movies did. Sure. So, I like, but, what I like about their plan is, is in this is that, uh, so much of the plan is not like, okay, then we're going to break into the vault yeah. and <laughs> steal the money. No, it's so much of it is just like, then we're going to tell the truth and they're not going to believe us because we're women or, no, you know no, what they, I mean? They like, are, you're going to, you're going to say this and he's going to believe he's, it. Right, he, that's he what hates, I'm saying. He, you know? he, he, he sell it because he hates Johnny so much. They're not gonna, he's going to believe you when you say they have I to just saw do so little. Actually, physically, like stealing. Yeah. It's mostly just all we have to do is put is set up these dominoes and pit these men against each other, and we're going to be able to fade into the background. They're not even going to be looking at us. Well, she steals the money. Yeah. right away. Like she steals and has the money. It's just like a lot of the movie is is like. How are we going to get away with this? Yes. How are we going to get away with this? And that's important because and Corky has the get money. Rid of, get Cor- rid of Joey Payne. Corky could is, just Corky leave. has the money, and she's like, I have two. She has two million dollars, and she could just leave. Yeah. But she's like, How do I know you're not gonna? Right. You're not gonna just leave with the money. And she's well, trust. Yeah. That's the whole thing, and that's the whole movie is that she could leave at any point. But Jennifer Tilly's not safe until she's safe. Then they can't, you know, the, yeah. the whole thing can't be over. It yeah. is also, it must be pointed out, kind of a bad plan, uh, like all these <laughs> movies. I mean, because a lot of their plan has to do with like predicting how a guy is going to react, right? right. But I like, think he's going to do this, and he kind of doesn't, and he does yeah, yeah. a different thing, and, it, and and things escalate. Yeah, yeah. And they I think still, it, it still ends up paying off. Spoiler alert. Sure. I think that's the fun of it too. Of but a it caper gets movie, real though. bloody. <laughs> that's the fun of a movie like this is because she's going. This is how he's going to react, and he does a little bit and then but then he reacts in a way where he murders all these gangsters <laughs> yeah. that and nobody expected that not right. even him until he's doing <laughs> yeah. it right and so you know and joy pants i fucking he's so good in this he's so like great at being like just on this this level of like uh of anxiety yeah that you, you can't almost, imagine you almost feel sorry for him until the point when he starts like punching women and right. like, unleashing horrible uh, slurs and stuff like that they, but, but they, they for do- a while there he doesn't seem like he's not the he's like johnny is obviously much of a worse yeah, of a yeah. worse gangster than him and he seems like just sort of a dope and then and then his 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 whole life gets ruined. Yeah. And for a while there, you're like, poor Joey Pants. He just wanted to, you know, he, he wasn't doing anything. He's just a regular mid level mobster guy. And and then he becomes monstrous. Because their plan is that they're going to steal the money for, from him, and he's going to get so freaked out that he's going to he's going to take off. That he's yeah. just going to run. Yep. And like that'll be that'll be that. That he's going to leave, and they'll they'll hunt him. They'll go. They'll assume he stole the money. And yeah. take off after him, but he doesn't do that. Yeah. He's supposed to go. Ah, oh, that Johnny Christopher Maloney, my arch nemesis and the head mobster's son. Yeah. Uh, he did this. Well, I guess he wins. Yeah. That's that suck. This sucks. I gotta go. We we haven't <laughs> just, we haven't really been describing the plot of this movie uh, so much, but we're kind of just dancing that. around. And but it's like there's Christopher Maloney's character is introduced smashing a dude's head into the toilet. And there's a great shot of Jennifer Tilly, or no, uh, Gina Gershon in her apartment next door. And you see the shot of the toilet. It's an overhead shot so of the like toilet. Shaking. And then it's shaking. Yeah. And it cuts. It cuts. And at first, it's you don't know that it's a necessarily a different toilet bowl. It cuts, and then immediately there's a drop of blood in yeah. there. And then it's just Johnny slamming this yeah. dude's head into the toilet. And then they're going to cut his fingers off. And this guy is a guy who skimmed a bunch of money, blah, blah, blah. Jennifer Tilly overhears it and goes like, well, I've got this next door. She's a thief. What if we yeah. stole the money? And Jennifer or Junior Sean is like, I don't know because I don't know you very well. I don't trust you that well. I do have what a if bunch we had of sex. I do have a times. bunch of piercings lock, in my the ears. Earrings. Lockpick earrings. Lockpick ears. So yeah, fucking cool. That's fucking it's rad. so fucking cool. Yeah. Plus, like uh, I was pointed out, was uh, my friend I was watching this with. He was like, "There's, there's so many people in this movie 
know how to pick locks. <laughs> you just assume everybody in the movie knows how to That's pick locks because there's a later scene where uh, Mickey comes in and he picks the lock into. You got the key to this thing? Nah, never mind. Like all of us, I can goes, pick the locks. Never mind. I mean, I got in here, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a problem. Everybody's kind of. Everybody's a little bit of a thief or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's John Wick world. But uh, but they're gonna st- they're gonna st- they're gonna steal this money from this guy. But like but then but so but also like where where Caesar comes in with the you know they're gonna steal this money. Like, he's gonna have this money here, and I know how he does this. He counts it, and then he'll have it, and then we can we'll be able to steal it. The first big problem is that he comes in. It's the money's, in blood. money's covered in blood because Johnny blew the guy's brains out yeah. all over the money <laughs> because he's a psychopath. Johnny sucks. Johnny Johnny does does really Christopher Maloney is, is great because he's like so then Johnny. Shoots the guy like blows <laughs> so his brain and all over this money here, and then I just popped him yep. right in the fucking mouth. Yep. You hit Johnny because Johnny's like the son Johnny. of like the son of the, the, son of the brother Mazzoni. of the mob boss. Yeah, yeah. Gino Mazzoni. So, I'm Gino Mazzoni. <laughs> uh, that 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 scene where they're washing the money and hanging all the money. <laughs> I love that shots where there's just the money hanging. Right. That's a good start to talk about what what makes this movie better than a lot of its contemporaries because you can make like a tight narrative you can make like something that's economical and like airtight like this but the formal control here is out of this world this movie looks so good and it's every shot is a stunner all the shots like all the shots of the money hanging off yeah the the big set piece in the middle of the movie the two big part the two big chunks are like the shootout yeah. in the apartment the 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 guy Amazing. who plays the mob boss Gino Marzoni is Richard Serafian right. the father of the guy who directed the road killers yeah <laughs> Um, and wow. he direct, he directed Vanishing Point. He he directed yeah, yeah. Vanishing Point famously. Yeah. And there's that great shot where like Joey Pants like shoots him. Yeah. And he he's falls. on this rig and he falls back in this weird slow motion. It's actually not slow motion. They actually built a rig to like ease him down yeah. onto the floor to get that shot. There's a really funny bit in the commentary where the Wachowskis are like, "Yeah, we built this big rig and we did the first time and it didn't work." And we only had the one more chance to get it right, so we had to pray to Crom. And I always thought that was really cute that they <laughs> said they prayed dorks. to Crom. Oh, they're such nerds. Unbelievable. Yeah, I just thought that was really sweet. Um, and then, like, the slow motion shootout in that scene, like, there's that shot of Joey Pants sort of looking towards the camera, and then, like, the bullet goes by his head and snaps into the glass in the yeah, frame yeah. behind him, and he turns Ooh. around real slow. It's very, it's like, it's like sh- uh, shades of things to come in, the ma- in, the, in their in the next Matrix, movie. Yeah. You know, it's not really exactly, it's not supposed to be, like, as fancy as, but it, like, it, that shoot, the whole shootout reminds me totally of it's the Matrix. It's super heightened. It's it not had like, the it's same effect on me exactly, as a viewer, like, though. Like, when I saw that scene, and I watched this movie for the first time on videotape in my dorm room, I was yeah. still just like, Whoa. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I rent. I remember renting this because I didn't. It didn't come to theaters where. Yeah, I, I didn't lived, get into the theater but I, either. You know, at the day it came out on video, I'd heard about it. I'm like renting bad. I think I watched it like two or three times. Mm-hmm. You know, I had it 100%. for a couple days. Called <laughs> your friends over. Like, you got to come see this. That's what. That's exactly what happened. I watched yep. it and then I had it the next day. I'm like, you guys got to come over after school. We're gonna watch Bound. Uh-huh. I, I have to watch this again. You have to see this movie. This is guys. This is directors choosing to. Go full De Palma, and we've <laughs> talked about it before. Why it's not just that people can't do the stuff that De Palma does, but who would want to? Right. Because of all yeah, the work yeah. that you have to put into it. And the Wachowskis were like, "We're gonna do the, we're gonna do the De Palma thing, and put all the work, and all, every single shot well, is gonna be a that's why they're bust they're over. born filmmakers. It's, yeah. that's what's that's the thing is it is it's like yeah, what well, yeah, you wouldn't want to, but also you just some people just can't. They want to, and if you can. You should. Some you other know? some yeah, yeah. other director is going to be like, "How much time is that going to take wh- against what budget do we right. have to do? We're not doing that." Or I mean, just to have just to have the visual imagination and grammar to be able to think of it. Yeah, to conceive right. of it. That's true. Well, there. I mean, they were like uh, I mentioned when we watched DOA mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. 
about how that really reminded me, made me think of Frank Miller's stuff, which Sin City and his that noir stuff came out after DOA. Sure. But the Wachowskis are huge, like, nerds. And so the, the one of, you know, that Frank Miller's Sin City shit is, like, was a huge influence on mm-hmm. Bound. And it shows that they, because it's just very, all the shots, like you said, are very precise. They're it's, very graphic, too. They're, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. It all pops. Every every t- every scene, like, yeah. every shot pops. And not only the flashy ones where, like, the camera's coming out of the barrel of the gun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, or the camera moves mm-hmm. over to the the glass the glass wall as jo- Joey Pants pops the pops the cork on the on the wine and goes and it echoes you know yeah. the really amazing shot when they're like <laughs> they're divided by the wall yeah. and they put yeah. their hands up to the wall and you oh, get a man. rack focus they so chose this good. they chose this i don't know if it's wallpaper or whatever it's like the very textural yeah. like yeah. wall covering and so that it really comes into focus when the rack changes and then you get this overhead shot panning mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. very de- you know de Palma yeah, style Palma, yeah and you're just like, whoa, yeah. movies. But it's very much, too, you could see like that in a comic book. You know, you could see the panel, one of the women in one panel and the other in the other panel, and they're separated by the panel border, mm-hmm. by the white right. in between, oh, you know? Yeah. You know, it works It works on that level as like a, as like a, graphic, as like a graphic novel yeah. image almost. I don't know, yeah. It's conceived yeah. of visually, like bef- like much more than it is narratively. You know, it seems like they've used they're using yeah, this yeah. stuff to to not just give you information, but to like give sen- give you a sense of momentum, hurdle things forward, make emotional connections. But it's it, just the way that movies are supposed to work. This is very much like Blood Simple in the way that it's taking the, it's taking these uh, noir femme fatale tropes and like distilling them and transcending them at the same time mm-hmm. and going like this is you know and, and just what if we did it like this boiling it to this point where it's like okay because you're because then there's scenes where like the cops show up and it's so fucking it's like so that's funny. a great scene because it's so funny and so suspenseful yeah yeah it's it's both in like uh just joey pants being like pretending to, pretending to ah what's he saying the, chicago's famous <laughs> <laughs> can i get you a glass of gypsum's malort there you want some sport peppers i got the, a deep dish pizza here the Best one of my favorite shots in the movie is a shot of the they've moved. There was a big thing of blood on the floor, and then suddenly the cops show up. They got to clean up the room in a hurry, and uh, Very they simple. put they put the carpet over the blood stain or the rug over the <laughs> yeah, blood stain. So gross. And there's a shot where the cops are standing there. Like one guy has to like go use the bathroom, Can which is it? scary in its own because the bodies are in the tub. Yeah, his blood is dripping. <laughs> they out just of the yeah. they just pull the. Sh- there are three bodies stacked up in the tub, <laughs> right. covered and in blood, and, and they the just pull like, the shower curtain the around bathroom, it. and they're like, uh, <laughs> sure. It's always I'll like just kill things. you if you find those bodies. But it's, it's always those things that cuts to Joey Pants, and he's like, you know, he's like, he's literally pulling in, in his collar. There's one, <laughs> there's one, there's one scene where they're like, let's just take a look at this money or something later in the movie, and it actually has a close-up of him, and there's a gulp sound effect. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking great, of course. Because I mean, because uh, the movie in a lot of ways is like this. It's like a heightened. It's like a comic book or something. Yeah, you know. Uh, but the, the shot that I want to just talk about is real brief, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah the cop is standing on the rug yeah, and his he shifts his weight, and you hear you hear and see the blood yeah. like seep up from the rug so and get gross. on his shoe for a second. It's so <laughs> fucking funny, and you're just like you're just sitting there as an audience member, like teeth on edge, like. <laughs> And yeah. those cops are such dummy. Well, uh, I guess you were just a, a person that's hard of hearing, watching your TV, uh, blah. Night of the Living the Dead, time. I'd like to point out. Yeah, yeah. See you, know, you later. Famously, it's always Night of the Living Dead or Carnival of Souls because yeah. those public are two domain. Like, horror movies that are public domain. Black and white. Ah, yeah. So, black and white, too. This movie's color palette, mm-hmm. mostly black and white and red. 
Yeah. A yeah. little bit of red. I mean, when there's red, there's a lot of it, but it's and, mostly just black and white and gray tones the whole time. A little bit of green. Yeah. But, you know, when you get those shots of the money blowing in the wind, and I yeah. don't know if you could actually do that or if that's something that's, but it's really fucking cool when he's like lo- literally laundering the money. Yeah. <laughs> like he's washing the money and then she's like, it was surreal. That money is now he, laundered. He irons, <laughs> he, he, and he's ironed each bill. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, shows him like he putting ironed, the iron on there and peeling it off. And <laughs> uh, I also love the shot where they actually finally kill Joey Pants, and the the, the he's sitting that's, he's he's in a pool of white paint because that's where she hid the money. That's where she hid the money in the plaster jugs and stuff, yeah. and and the you know the 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 blood packs, the squibs are just like launching oh, goop yeah. in like it's red so blood cool. into the like splattering into the white paint, and it looks so but good. It's a slow mo. It's like you know, it's like yeah, the blood. Gun. It's like I think it's one of them's like almost like a bullet hit behind. Yeah. It's like and it's yeah. just this red and white. And it's so like awesome. mixing. He's slipping around. And he falls in, and his his toupee yeah, is yeah. falling off. <laughs> I also love it just oh, because it's such a cathartic moment where she's he's like, "You won't shoot me, will you? I know you, Vi." And he goes, "She's like, Caesar, Caesar you don't know shit. You don't know shit. <laughs> so rad." I think in, not to like talk too much about their other movies, but I did just rewatch the Matrix trilogy, and uh, there's a the, there's a real big problem with the Matrix trilogy, and it has nothing to do with any of the whatever the the all the, the shit that the, people the narrator always complain guy about. in the second movie right. or whatever. Some of that stuff works, some of it doesn't. Right. It's that the movie the movie is insisting that right. Neo and Trinity are in love with each other, and you <laughs> never for one second believe it. Yeah, it's a big. Problem. The movie is constantly telling you they're in love because it constantly and they are the constantly telling each other. I love you. I love you. I love. Do you still love me? I love Neo's you. love brought and her back. You never once. Yeah, no. Her love brings him back in the, in first, the first one, one and then he does the second it in one. The second one, one, yeah. But you never once buy it, and right. that's like, and that's a big problem. And like, that's one thing that they nail in this movie is right. that the two women, uh, you know, however you feel about Jennifer Tilly's voice, <laughs> see, they're both. I think they're both very good in this movie. Oh but yeah, they're, but they are great together, yeah. and you buy it. You like be, you believe should their be, relationship uh, should be a harder sell in this one because Jennifer Tilly's obviously seducing uh, yeah. Gina Gershon to use her, yeah. and then they do just fall in love yeah. over the and it's very quickly, yeah. but it totally tracks. Yeah, and you but you but you buy it, and that makes you care so much more about yeah. all the things that are happening through the movie, and you know why she doesn't want to leave with the money mm-hmm. while this other person that she lays in love with is still in danger, and so it actually works. Whereas in the Matrix, you're like. I don't know. These characters don't like each other really. <laughs> yeah. They don't even seem to care. They seem very uncomfortable around each other. Except that the mo- except that the movie's constantly going like, right? We can't. This is we a love for the ages. And there's that there's that big sex scene in uh, in Matrix in Reloaded during the during the during notorious the, rave scene, rave. <laughs> which you know the sex scene is worse than the rave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's all that whole sequence is. I get it's like that's that's their heart on the sleeve kind of thing where they're yeah. like this is this is what we think is neat and you're like it's not I'm with God, you in spirit but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, the idea of that scene is great like I that's think, exactly what should I, be happening think, at that point I in the think, story yeah but also no but yeah did, did you did you have to make it so dorky uh, you did you, you did it you goddamn fucking did it I mean that's I I love that about them. Anyway, like I love how dorky this stuff is. I love how when they go for something, they go for it all the way. They don't. They don't do half measures. They don't no. do like we need to make this cool for everyone else. They just want to make it cool for themselves. Well, I think that's what they did in this in Bound. Ex- oh, absolutely. Except that it just happens to be like 
It's a little so, bit more lined up with what I like. So fucking tight yeah. that it's like works. I watched I watched this movie and honestly kind of and I love the Matrix. I don't care for the sequels as much as I think you guys both do. Um but this but there's a little bittersweet watching this because I feel like the Matrix kind of a little bit kind of fucked them up yeah. be- giving them this like huge, you know, this huge prestige and the ability to do anything. I don't I would have loved to have seen to have seen 5 10 more movies like Bound sure. instead of Speed Racer, I mean, and I enjoy Speed. I think I've seen Speed Racer like four or five times. I think it's fascinating. But like, if I'm watching Bound, and then they were like, what, "What would you like to see these guys do next?" and I'd be like, "The sky's the limit." Anything? How about a Speed Racer movie? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, n- "No, not well, not that. No, no, no. Um, like a, <laughs> a real thing, <laughs> something, almost hear, anything but that." Please. You want to hear a weird side note about yes, Speed please. Racer? I was reading this book. It was like a big James Bond, like oral history book called Nobody Does It Better. Not a good book, by the way. If you're interested in James Bond, don't read that. Um, But it did have this one really interesting anecdote when they were doing The World Is Not Enough, which came out in like 99. Mm -hmm. They were working on that one and Michael Apted eventually directed that movie. But they were one of the producers was like, well, we almost had Alfonso Cuaron. Wow. uh, making, Making The World Is Not Enough. But he left because he wanted to do Speed Racer. So there is a there is an alternate universe where where Alfonso Cuarón maybe did a James Bond movie and another parallel dimension where he did Speed Racer. Weird. I have, heard, I have heard him. Have I have heard him like discuss, but not in any. He does like I don't know litigations or he not in any specifics, but about his like time being lost in the weeds in Hollywood mm-hmm. after a little, uh, little Princess and uh, yeah. Great Expectations. Right. And this that must have been it. it he wound up with in. Harry Potter. Right, but yeah. I mean, he he had to go back. He went back to Mexico first yeah. and did Itumama Tambien, which yeah. then which then brought him back to yeah. to Harry Potter. But anyway, whatever. But that's, that's, that's it. I just thought that that was a fascinating little side note. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I do I do love Speed Racer, but the first time I saw it, I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, and then it, uh, I talked to a few people who were really into it, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Yes, because it's visceral to say the least. Yeah. And so I went back to see it a second time, and I wasn't sure if I like loved it. I, I love it now, but at the, that second viewing was like, you know what? I this is something else. Yeah, you know, like you can't. I can't just. I can't just write this off as like it's a piece of shit. It's fascinating, and the Wachowskis yeah. d- uh, do things that only they do, mm-hmm. and I love it. But I, I am with Travis a little that like, and I love Cloud Atlas, right? Which is a, a whole other bag of worms. <laughs> sure, like that's a whole thing to unpack. But like, I remember we saw that yeah. with a whole crowd of uh, critics or whatever. Yeah, and it was pretty 50-50. Like, people yeah. loved it or they hated it. Yeah, but like, I felt, you could feel it. Sure. You could feel like people being like, uh, or, or you could feel like you, and like, I think it was that kind of thing where you're like, I feel like with their movies post The Matrix, and even a little bit in The Matrix, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, if I'm going to buy into this, I'm going to buy into it, and I'm going to I got to go it. all the way. Or you're going to be like, I didn't buy into it, and now I, I can't yeah. stand what I'm seeing. <laughs> and it goes for Speed Racer, Jupiter Ascending, right? Absolutely, any of them. And, and you the, can't, and you can't Matrix even sequels. go like, I'm buying into this, but I didn't like parts C, D, and F. Yeah, you got to you got to be like, look, all right, okay, I'm just going, I'm committing, like, like I'm Jupiter, tuning in. Jupiter Ascending is the only one of them that I just like. I still really n- like nope. that movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely and I, not. I kind I'm of, into it. I kind of like that, but it's literally just because like it reminds me uh, when they're in the old space shit. It reminds me of being at Walden Books and, <laughs> yeah. and being like. And uh, it being like looking the through covers. the sci-fi covers at Walton Books, and it's all these crazy paintings of spaceships, and it was that was like that was like the movie equivalent of that. I yeah. couldn't tell you what fucking happens in that movie. <laughs> it's about space <laughs> capitalism. It's about space. <sighs> it's about people who are space bees mm-hmm. that have space dogs for pets that 
uh, and then there's a, there's Very kind of there's movie. a Terry Gilliam esque sequence where they are going through space. Terry bu- Gilliam's in it. Space bureaucracy. Yeah, He's problem. in that. Scene. He's the space bureaucrat. That's what I mean. But that whole scene is very <laughs> Gilliam esque. Yeah, it is. Uh, anyway, yeah, could be one of the reasons I, mean. I don't. Like I think it. I think that it like, should be one of the reasons I don't like it. I can't stand <laughs> Terry Gilliam, but I do like that. I like that sequence. Yeah, I think it's funny because it's like this is a weird sequence because then the whole action spectacular stuff at the end is less than spectacular. And not interesting. I still like Ugh. that movie, but yeah, I mean, that, but anyway, yes, the Wachowskis are their, are are very much their own their own thing. But they were right out of the gate, and I think this is this, and Bound is a movie I've gone back to a lot of times, mm-hmm. and you know, and we're obviously there's other podcasts you can listen to where people will talk about how it affected them. Yes, as LGBTQ plus community members, we're not those people. No, so. We can only talk no, about No, I was the I was, when I watched it the first time I was that guy that the, that 17-year-old that they were aiming That's what at I'm saying. originally right. where and it was like two of my friends and two of my high school buddies and we were like, "Oh, we'll watch the hot lesbian movie. We're going to watch the naked lesbians." And then like the second it started, we were like, "Oh shit. Yeah, it's a real movie. Oh, this is like, a oh movie. shit, this is on." It's like yeah. instantly too, like and, I, like I was saying before. And cuz like, you fuck. go cuz you're going into it, we were going into it then going like either having read reviews and going like I'd heard this was good mm-hmm. or like he knowing what it was about. Vaguely, but you don't know the Wachowskis. Right. We didn't know who That's we didn't know right. who the Wachowskis were. That was their first movie. Right. I was really familiar. I followed them a lot after <laughs> Assassins. Yeah, right. I like need to know more about these writers. Not to com- not to really compare the two movies, but it's like it's not like when I watched Basic Instinct as a kid, you know, because I had I knew who Paul Verhoeven was because I'd seen like RoboCop and Total Recall and shit. I'm like, I'm gonna watch this fucking movie. Yeah. But like you know you know also watching it because I heard it was really pervy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? True. But it's like I like but Verhoeven was on my radar. Like you're saying, yeah. the Wachowskis weren't on anyone's radar no. when this came out. When I remember talking to people when I f- when I saw they were doing the Matrix and they were very secretive about right. releasing. What that movie that's was gonna about be something i was like i would i would like fucking talk people up and be like that movie's that movie's gonna be something because yeah. these guys made this movie that bound. what's 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 that i'm like if you haven't fucking seen bound you have to i was right. like all about bound and then you know I, and i feel like i still have to do that yeah like, you still go like bound and they're like people will go bound but the wachowskis yeah they made the matrix yeah they well, made a movie watch, before watch the bound matrix. if you haven't seen it everybody <laughs> i mean Seriously. it's amazing yeah i have a feeling a lot of the people listening to this have seen i'm that, sure they but, have um, yeah but watch it again because if you haven't seen it in a long time, I come back to it, you know, pretty frequently. But if you haven't seen it in a while, it's it it has not lost any of its impact. No, and in fact, I enjoyed there's stuff about it I enjoyed more this time, even that I hadn't, you know, like the 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 relationship between the two yeah. women. I think just like really fucking works for me now more than it did. It really it really works, and the, and the fact that they get away at the end is so yeah. is so great. And it's really triumphant that last shot yeah. when they're kissing. They, uh, mm-hmm. Gina Gershon has bought this big red truck, yeah, and yeah. they s- sit and they start making out. And I think it's cheesy and stupid, but I, it's r- irresistible. They start playing. She's a leader. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. And you're like, like roll your eyes and also go. Oh, but it's that wow. great shot of like the undercarriage of the yeah, truck yeah. as it like drives over the camera. Fucking awesome. And yeah. you're just like woof. And from the beginning, it's like one of those movies where you get to the end and you go. Whew. Yeah. Wipe the sweat off your brow and go like, man, what a what a picture, what a movie. How often like, does I just, a you, film I, noir <laughs> riff like this end in a triumphant love? That's right. A, yeah, and that's exactly what I what the thing is in like lesbian movies too, and movies about gay people in general, especially at the time. At the time, I mean, even until now, not as much now. I feel like there's a broader spectrum now, but mm-hmm. I mean, even like up to Brokeback Mountain, right? Which is like you know. It's like, do they all? Do they always? Oh, have yeah. to Does it die? always have to be a tragedy? Does it always have to be a tragedy, and that's like kind of the point of this. I feel like that might have I've been. I've heard in, you know, queer people complain about that. Is like I all think these it's absolutely that we had to a watch valid complaint. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. always these fucking tragedies, right? And so that was kind of for them at the time. I mean, I'm not speaking. I'm saying that sure, I, sure. Some things, from things I've read is that at the time that that was a big deal, and even like movie like Thelma and Louise, which isn't about 
lesbians specifically, but it is, you know... I it's think, definitely coded, and, I and think, it's been claimed by some people in that community as, as, you know... Yeah, it's like these women... And I like the movie. That movie is kind of hard to watch because it's fucking great, but you go like, I know they're going to die at the end, and they shouldn't fucking die at the right. end. Like, it's, it kind of annoys me at the end of Thelma and Louise. Although it's a it's cool shot. great ending. But it's, but, a great, yeah. it's a great ending, but you're like, they shouldn't fucking die. All these other people should fucking die. Right. It makes me a little angry, you know, which is also part of the point of the movie. But Sticking it also is like... the good waffles do, Kat. It's also great. It's <laughs> they also should great. land on a giant pile of solid waste. <laughs> oh, I think this was pizza. <laughs> well, but I love I love that they get away with it. At the end. Yeah. And they get away and they're together. That they're not like, one of them didn't die yeah. tragically or something. That it was like, no, they they made it. And like... Right. It, Fucking awesome. Start to know? finish. Yeah. I don't know. I just got a couple quotes here. Uh, this 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 made me laugh. <laughs> Where Gina Gershon is, cause she's just kind of trying to figure out her place in this relationship with uh, with Jennifer Tilly, and she's like, "If there's one thing I can't stand about sleeping with women, it's all the fucking mind reading." <laughs> 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 and then this is another thing that she says when they're talking about because she's she's like on the straight and narrow. She did a nickel in prison for mm-hmm. stealing stuff, but then basically once the idea is brought back to her, she's like, ah, "I'm pretty excited about it." And she goes, "Stealing's a lot like sex. The more you talk about it, the wetter you get." Yeah. <laughs> she is a fucking awesome character. Uh, we didn't even talk about Mickey that much, but he's this other character who's in love with... Uh, oh, John P. Ryan? Yeah, oh, who's yes. In, who's in lo- and he's totally smitten with, uh, with Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly. Tilly. His yeah. final scene is adorable. Yeah. He's like this... He's He is. He's exactly that. He's like this gangster who, like, you kind of feel is always a little bit of a threat yeah. when he's around, but he's also, like, a teddy bear, and he, <laughs> he loves her so much. He's very great scene where he shows too. up and... Caesar, he's also kind of like, you should be with me. You Caesar know what I mean? Was, <laughs> Caesar was pretty... Yeah, yeah, but, but he's also, like... Oh, go ahead and do your own thing. But Caesar like is pretending to be in the shower when he comes over, and then she yeah. Violet calls him from the from the is like, "You better pretend I'm this guy if you want to fucking live." And he's like, "Oh, good. Yeah. What happened? Oh no, <laughs> you were in a car accident. <laughs> That's what? terrible. At the hospital. They're at the hospital. It's like yeah. fucking <laughs> fucking right. great. And this was right when he was gonna open the case, the case of money. Yeah, because he like broke into the apartment." Uh, a, yeah, and John P. Ryan, like in that teddy bear fashion, when he's talking about Jennifer Tilly, like he, it's very. He goes, "She's such a nice lady." <laughs> like, oh, yeah. what a uh, sweetie! But it's also actor. like, it's also, it's also like, he's also part of a whole crew of dudes who are creepy because it's like yeah, him treating monsters. her. It's treating her. He's like almost treating her like he's her dad or something. It's sort of. It still is like bad, but he's. But uh, as as the guys go in this movie, he's. The best case scenario, but but yeah, at the very end, Jennifer Tilly is going. He, he's going like, "You sure I can't take you with me? Uh, you know, to get away from all this horror that you had to witness and you had nothing to do with." Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "No, I just want to be just want my millions of dollars and, and just like it's too scary for me." But thank you so much. And she like kind of tenderly kisses him on the lips, and he just looks at her with like. Oh my God! He's lost. He it. is like doesn't He's know. Gone. He says nothing and just gets in his car and drives away. It's fucking great. I laughed out loud. That uh, that actor, John P. Ryan, he's he's been in tons and tons and tons of stuff. He's um, great, and he usually plays bad guys. And uh, like he's he's in one of the Delta Force movies. I think it's two. Yeah, he's the villain, and he's the ba- one of the bad guys in Class of 1999. Have you seen Avenging Force? Yes, yeah, man. He is basically Donald Trump in that movie. So it's crazy. <laughs> I he he does really good like unhinged shitty action movie bad guys. Mm-hmm. Always good time. It's funny. It's funny though because this is I don't I'm sure I've seen him in other stuff, yeah. but I don't I mean I only think of him he on Twenty Four. He might have been, but, <laughs> but it's funny. Be. It's funny that he plays those kind of because this is like the, this is like in this 
he's so the opposite of that. Yeah. He's clearly a bad guy. Right. All the gangsters are bad guys. All the gangsters are condoning this murder. They're they're you know sure, they're, they're gangsters. It's like the Sopranos where you're like I like this guy. Mm. Also I hate also these guys <laughs> these guys are fucking murderers. Yeah, they'll right. kill you. But but he's like but he comes across like such a sweet such yeah. a sort of sweet guy even when he's talking to him. And then and then Caesar he punched he punched Johnny right in the nose. I couldn't ah. believe it. This guy <laughs> this guy. Ah, get anyway, it, fuck out of here. Anyway, give me the. Where's the key for the money? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'll pick it. It's easy. Uh, pick, picking locks is. I think everybody can. Yeah. Do. All criminals know how to do that. Uh, ratings: five juds. Wow. Yeah. No, no question. Yeah. Uh, four Douglases. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, even the earlier scene where they're like first, uh, so sexy where she, movie. Where she's like, where she's, sexy. where she's like, hand down her pants. That's mm-hmm. true. From her dress and Don't take your hand like, I got away. it. I also have a tattoo. You know that? Oh whole, man, that's that so funny. That whole fucking she's scene. She's just rubbing this tattoo like it's her nipple. It's outrageous. It's a great movie. Sexy movie. Uh, so yeah, four Douglases and uh, oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna give it ten out of ten drain snakes. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I I was gonna I was going into it I was gonna go four and a half because I maybe had some like qualms or this and that with uh, fuck it whatever five five juds fuck, fuck it fuck that fuck it <laughs> it's fucking amazing yeah great movie just like every shot you could just pause it and just look at that and go mm-hmm. like wow this is beautiful yeah. uh, I'll give it three and a half Douglases it is very it is very sexy um, but that's not necessarily what it's about. Uh, but yeah, that scene where she's going like, I have this tattoo. <laughs> and you can tell Gina Gershon is turned on, but also like, what the fuck? <laughs> this lady is crazy. And this is her, and this is uh, Violet hitting on, on her before before she plans a caper, too. So yes. this is like her, yeah. like, Gina Gershon's like, constantly like going lady. like, yeah, what right. is this lady on about? Yeah. I mean, I like it, but what? Um, And then I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 wet pipes. <laughs> uh yeah, 5 5 juds all the way. Nice. This was, I knew I mean this was going into this I'm like well, 5. I know it's going to Yeah, be I knew five. it was going to be 5. I knew it was going to be fucking 5. This is I this is ma- this is one of my favorite movies. I think it's just fucking great. Nice. Um if nobody's I mean if you haven't seen Bound, watch Bound. We spoiled it or whatever, but like that won't it's, matter. It's one of the be- it's one of my favorite movies to like fucking look at. Yeah, it just looks so amazing. I don't know. I mean, and and so no wonder when the, the Matrix comes out, it's like you know this. I mean, the Matrix has its other problems, but like so those set pieces that are spo- you know it looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. These guys are great. Uh, these these folks are great. Sorry, the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis are definitely the Wachowskis great. are great. Wachowskis are great. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to miss. Sorry to miss. Or at least were. Yeah, well, I'm just not particularly interested in the stuff that they've done lately. I they, don't know. They are great. It's just yeah, they're not working together right now. So yeah, uh, that's fucking interesting. Um, well, the one the one is still transitioning, I think, and taking a lot of time off. Yeah. Um, and then Lana is directing the Matrix Four right now. Hmm. And Sense Eight was a really interesting show that I didn't think was entirely successful, but that was that was Lana and Tom Tickfer. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, check that out if you're into if you're into it. It's a really interesting show. I watched, it's, I've seen the first episode. It's a, it can be a struggle to get through because it's it's a lot of what is idiosyncratic about the Wachowskis and not as much as you might like of the visceral action stuff that we all love. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's a bit more Cloud Atlas than The Matrix. <laughs> but Cloud Atlas still has a part where an airplane full of Tom Hanks and a bunch of other people blows up. So. Exactly. <laughs> it's a pretty audacious show, and it's very good looking. 
and uh, it has a lot of great representation, lots of different kinds of people in the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go three and a half. I would go four, but you know, it it is very it is very sexy, but it's not dirty and it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like all of the all of the relationships. The relationship between them is like nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's not uh it's not basic instinct. It's not like dirty right. Douglas sex against a wall or something. It's very like I like a little dirty Douglas sex though. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's all very it's all very sweet. <laughs> You're the fuck of the century. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna give it uh ten out of ten Joey Pants to pace. Yeah. Joey Pants lives at a certain point in the movie where he comes out with just a towel dangling over his dingleberries. That's a weird term to use for <laughs> nobody's that's an actual thing. Ten out of ten pa- Joey Pants dingleberries, <laughs> I guess, is now a- Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, all well, right. That's first traps, everybody. Thanks for that was Thanks that for was, listening. Thanks for listening. That was something I wanted to do for I had the idea to do Blood Simple and Bound. It was just finding a third one and I it, <laughs> Shallow Grave was kind of the best we could come up with. Yeah. So but you know, it was nice to have one in between two movies that I love anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. What's next? Uh, boy, oh boy, another next? another one that I'm very excited about. Re- yeah, we're remakes. doing we're doing remakes. So we're gonna do we're gonna do remakes of famous thrillers. Yeah. So we're doing Diabolique. Yep. The Manchurian Candidate and Cape Fear. Wow. So I'm sure we'll be talking about the originals a little bit, but mostly the new ones. Yeah, and uh, if I have time, I'll w- I'm going to watch all of them. I'm going to try to watch we'll, all we'll be, of them. We'll, we'll definitely but be talking about But we can't get bogged down too much in the originals because that, that, we no. don't need that. No, we don't need a four-hour episode. I don't, I don't think we'll need to. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I would, it's mostly I would I would like to rewatch the original Diablo League for reference. But uh, I've never seen I've the original seen, Cape Fear. I've, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, the, the the Scorsese Cape Fear is a unmitigated oh, I can't wait. Piece. object. It's of the something. one I'm most excited about. It's a Scorsese piece. For it's yeah. great. I'm boy, excited boy, to oh talk boy. about that. I've I've watched it very recently, but I can never not watch Cape yeah, Fear. Yeah. Hell yes. Um, um, and the Demi Manchurian Candidate, I think, is wildly underrated. Yeah, it's very good. Um, uh, until then, uh, follow us on Patreon. Yep. Yep, of subscribe course. to our Patreon. We got some good ones up. We got and we got a great one with about. About our boy Dennis Miller, that oh, I yeah. guess we'll, oh, have, yeah. we'll have just been on by the time this airs. Portello so. of Blood. We had Scent <laughs> of a Woman that we just did. More Pacino impressions. Yep. The more the the more the weeks stretch on, the more of a value it is to put 450 down because we got a whole library of those episodes, and mm-hmm. they're all great. We'll be great. coming to the end of our Police Academy Academy pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So get on there. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Buy a yeah, t-shirt if you want to. Buy I don't t-shirts. know. We have some t-shirts for sale. So many options. Do stuff, but you know, be safe out there. Yes, everybody. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know. Look out for the cops. We're recording this three weeks earlier, so yeah. maybe everything is better. Everything will be fine. Or maybe everything is much, much worse. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk. Talk, talk about the suspense killing us. about ba- <laughs> bound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck the police, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So right now, the suspense is killing us as to what's going to happen in yeah. real life. Yeah. And until, until we see you again, the suspense. Is killing us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> She's a lady.